six-pack double feature. Two friends, two mics, and too much to drink. Today, Nathan and Travis close out 2019 with some holiday favorites. It's Gremlins and a Christmas Story today on Six Pack Double Feature. God, I hate Gremlins. <laughs> Quit banging on the desk. Quit banging on shit. I guess I guess Christmas came early for you. You got a new Nathan. Got a new mic stand, everybody. It, it mounts to the desk. It's fancy. It's, it's a whole twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. <laughs> twenty dollars fancy clip on straight from China mic stand. <laughs> Did it come in like a weird box with like a bunch no. of weird like Mandarin on it or anything? No, but we, the directions were more visual than words. We got a uh, we got a little part at work that was uh, long story short. I won't go into it, but. The part isn't as advertised, mm-hmm. and um, the manager at the garden center where I work, she said, yeah, it came with no instructions in a box with no words on it. <laughs> Here luck. are the things. Good luck figuring out how to use this chainsaw sharpener. Uh, can we return this? No, there's no return policy. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, it didn't work, and I broke it with the chainsaw. So, Hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. It's six-pack double feature. I'm not Nathan. And I am not Travis. We hope you guys are having a good Yule log yeah um, <laughs> so like last year we thought we would do a little gift exchange yeah uh, here at the top of the show before we get into our movies there was a, a glaring error <clears throat> that you have corrected um before the thanksgiving episode uh, there is another national holiday which is my birthday it is a national holiday your is, birthday actually, is on veterans it day. is on veterans day um i'm guessing this one in the blue back here this oh. is your ah, center square which uh very prettily wrapped. I don't save wrapping paper. That's all right. I don't either. Oh, shit. <laughs> Riddler McDonald's mug. Or just a Batman McDonald's It's the Batman. Oh, I'm going to drink so much bourbon out of this. <laughs> I almost put a little, like, uh, maker's mark in there and went, that's not enough for him, so he uh, just can fill it himself. That is amazing. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to you and Lisa. What a joyous birthday gift. Yeah. It, it was not as expensive to buy just a single. <laughs> So I said, you know what would be great? A birthday gift. Oh, man. Okay, here you go. Nathan's Christmas gift, everyone. What what was our price limit? Don't be... I didn't have a price limit. Okay. Thanks for the help on this one to Lisa, the mail editor, and Honey Mustard Cyborg Brock Stevick for their help. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Nathan action. What? You know, I've, I seriously considered doing something like that. So, for, what I I was going to make an action figure. Okay, and uh, that's can be difficult. I was just going to cut up action figures and glue them together because I know you're not going to play with it. But what that is is that's actually a hipster action figure. Okay. <laughs> uh, which I painted his hair off the front on his forehead. Oh, took some nice. nail polish and painted mm-hmm. it. And then okay, so this that's is your laptop. That's my laptop. Best been on the and screen. this this here. That's your power item. That's a deluxe pizza. Okay. And then your weapon. Oh, lightsaber. It really says, says, nice. all the, says okay. on the back. <clears throat> Home Whittier. <laughs> <laughs> weapon, lightsaber, blue. Uh, that's good because I would have wanted Obi-Wan's anyway. Yeah. Uh, power item, deluxe pizza, weakness, Jaws sequels. <laughs> uh, arch enemy, summer camp, Shannon with power punch. <laughs> I forgot about that. Start. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I made fun of his name, and he punched me. I was in camp for that. First appearance, six-pack double feature, episode one. Don't listen to that. 
uh, powers uh, by by hearing only the first few notes. Nathan can identify the score of any film. Also, bad sunburns. <laughs> Did Lisa tell you that one? No, I just oh, oh, you, known I'm, you for fifteen. You're years. white, <laughs> exceedingly white. Stay out of the sun. Quote: Superman's a dick when he's drunk. <laughs> From the Masters of the Universe collection from Mattel. And we'll post pictures of all this. Okay, yeah, Facebook we'll post it. That's awesome. Okay. Yours is bigger. It's I have to take the the blanket back. You mentioned it on your way in that it was breakable. You so. may, yeah, well, a little bit, yes. So you may have to cut the you, ribbon. Yeah, do you have a I knife? Have, I do. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this is a purple framed crocheted glow. That is fucking amazing. It's a cross stitch. Cross stitch, yeah, I was going to say. That. Holy shit, dude. Uh, Lisa, the inbox monitor, spent many an hour. She made this? Yes. Oh, wow. She made that because she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to do it in a. We wanted to find like an old TV and try to do it that way. Like, oh, but it was difficult be... to try to find no, this is... something, so we went this route instead. Oh, man. So, yeah, you get to glow, choose your player, old school like a bit. That's kick-ass. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I thought oh. you would enjoy that. That's like It'll a... will go somewhere here be, in the studio and see what, uh, what... That'll probably get hung in the actual house. Oh. I won't, I won't have much of a fight on that one. <laughs> yeah, you said it's a glow house, so... We are a glow house. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well... Man, yeah. cool. Save that glass. We're gonna You're going to fill it with something here after the trailer. Oh, yeah. Steven Spielberg presents... Gremlins. They're clever. They're mischievous. They'll get into the kitchen, the basement, the garage. They'll get into anything. And once they get in, you're in for it. Gremlins. They'll be expecting you. Directed by Joe Dante. Rated PG. Held over Budco Regency Twin, Old City Cinema, and surrounding First Run Theater. Sorry, that cut First off. run what? First run what? First for run what? <laughs> he didn't finish. I can't help it if the guy who was recording it on his VCR <laughs> or changed channels. And then when he dumped it up on YouTube, first movie is Gremlins. It's it our, is Gremlins. It's our non-traditional. It's, it's Christmas is. It's very prevalent in this, but yeah. it is not about Christmas. It is about fucking Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I bought a, I bought and brought a special yeah, you got a, beverage. You got a tall bottle for us of to share. There. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to have you uh, go ahead and read what it's called. And- Santa's Butt Winter Porter. <laughs> 6% alcohol by volume. Okay. Yeah. And you've got this pocket rocket bottle opener thing over there. It goes on round, goes to... No. <laughs> I like Not that. Not bad, yeah. No, that's good. Have you had this before? No. Santa's Butt? You've never... I'd never had it. You never we ate were Santa's out shopping butt. the other night, and there was several... The higher end uh beers beers that were holiday themed so all right cheers cheers merry christmas it's pretty good it's, yeah that is pretty good it's ot it's ot kind of kind of reminds me of newcastle but good well, a little bit yeah. but in a good way new newcastle is bad old <laughs> old newcastle is good all right so gremlins get into the i've seen gremlins three times in my life i've seen it a lot more than that i saw it once as a kid and i liked it like i had I didn't have a gizmo thing. I, I didn't have a gizmo thing. I didn't see this. I don't. Or, I don't recall seeing this as a kid. I saw this as a teenager and after because there's no way that um, my parents would 
<laughs> this one. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Once you got past all the cute stuff. Yeah. It's because it's straight up kind of not now. Does it I think we've we've kind of discussed since we've now watched the first like PG thirteen movie from the eighties. This was one of the two from eighty four that caused the MPAA to go. Hey, you know what? I think there might need to be somewhere between a PG you're, and an R. You're scaring fat Midwestern children. <laughs> You maybe put an extra caveat on that. Do you do you know the uh the scene that made them go I don't know if this is just PG. The science teacher probably? No, believe it or not, that was not I mean it was freaky but it was not as violent like graphic. Yeah. It's it's the uh it's pretty much mom holding her own against three gremlins in the kitchen and throwing one in the microwave. <laughs> Yeah. Millie, Billy's mom doesn't mess around with the gremlins. That's what I loved about this is I didn't really look at it. In, I looked at it in a different light this time around that both the female, uh, not leads, but both the female characters are, were not demure. Well, it wasn't just that. It was they weren't running for help. Yeah. They were they, defending themselves. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. can hold their own. Yeah. I mean, mom's a little bumbling at it. You know, she's kind of a weapon of opportunity, but hey, who, who's not going to be? Yeah, I, I I didn't notice that, but and then she said, "I do." That's it was ve- that's very uncharacteristic of an '80s like sure. horror type of movie, especially yeah. horror movie. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, Jamie hates this movie. Yes, I hate Gremlins. Which is another reason we don't watch it too much here. That's I, I actually like it because I, I love Joe Dante. Yeah, it'll I, it'll be a yearly kind watch of thing. here now. <laughs> it'll be a yearly. Uh, yeah. Are you you going out tonight? Okay, I'll, I'm gonna. Yeah, you got to work late. Uh, <laughs> you gotta... <laughs> be watching Gremlins. Like it still comes up. Like, oh, you guys are talking today before she left for work. Um, what are you guys talking about today? Uh, the Christmas movies. Oh, you mean Gremlins, which stinks. Well, that's not for everyone. Well, let me ask you a serious question: Gizmo or ET? Who's winning? All out. Deathmatch, winner take Gizmo all. Or e. Gizmo or E.T.? Knockdown, drag out, no holds barred, death brawl, winner take all. I probably have Gizmo because there's some <laughs> there's there's some evil inside there that, that spawns <laughs> when you drop water on him. Like his power in the video game, like obviously E.T. can use the force. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Gizmo, if you like if he you gets water on him, if yeah. he gets water on him, he can unleash like a horde of of additional Gremlin, Gremlin, Gremlin. Yeah, ET uses phone home heal power. Mm-hmm. It is hard to kill characters that have the heal, but if well, he's they too heal, far from home, but they heal. Other he people. starts to die. <laughs> Apparently, Gizmo does not have that problem. He don't die. He multiply. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like Bebe's kids. What? I, what? I the first one of the first things I wrote down here. Every time I hear that um, Christmas baby, please come home, the Darlene Love song with the Phil Spector like wall of sound. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, every time I hear that, that's the first thing I think of is Gremlins for some reason. Oh, okay. I, yeah, because after the little intro of most likely, uh, <laughs> I always look at this going, I wonder where this exactly is in the country. And Kingston Dad's Falls? In, well, no, but is there a Kingston Falls specifically? No, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I, I was wondering if Dad, Mr. Rand Peltzer, Rand is... Peltzer. is uh, I, I was wondering if he might have been in the same Chinatown that two years later. Like the shop is next to like Egg Shen's like Chinatown <laughs> bus tours. You leave same universe. <laughs> I always think of how I remembered how like when I was a kid, thinking like how like it that snow looks real, that cold looks real. Still, to, it's that that still, it still holds, looks real as a visual for me, even though it was up. like filmed on the Universal backlot. A lot was of it was it? Warner, but that that town square mm-hmm. that's that's 
Back to the Future. Hill, Hilldale? Hill yeah. Valley? Hilldale. And I forgot how much of a, a crotchety old bitch. Mrs. Deagle. Mrs. Deagle, yeah. And she wanted are, you, to, are you sure there was a Mrs. apart with that? It may have just been Ms. Deagle. <laughs> I don't remember. She's almost like a secondary villain. She is a secondary and she villain. She straight up gets her come up and slater. <laughs> I love that. Just they rewire that that lift the, to the go chair, up the stairs. Yeah. Well Again, I saw that movie until uh, last year. I saw it once. I think we've established that, so I'll stop saying it. But how many times did you see it? Three times lifetime total. Okay. Ever since I saw it as a kid, I never saw one of those stair chairs right. without thinking of that scene. Because that kind of kind of scared me as a kid too. Because the look on her face when she goes launching out the is it's a spiral staircase? Yes, it's a it, well, it's spiral enough so it can actually travel around and get momentum. Yeah, it's actually, most staircases say. would not have straight that. up. It's got the it's got the added potential energy that it builds up yes. by spinning around <laughs> centrifugally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really whip that old bitch across the town. <laughs> One of the things I didn't ever realize when the gremlins show up to uh, at her house and mm-hmm. they're uh, caroling. She <laughs> almost threw a, a pitcher of water on them. Oh, God. She walked out. I'm like, oh, my God. She actually had water. I never would have thought about it like that, but that would have made things worse. The one, the kid who plays Billy, his name is Zach Galligan. Apparently, he was a relatively unknown actor when cast as the lead. Zach Galligan? Uh, is it Galligan? What did I say? You said Galligan. Okay, yeah, Zach Galligan. I'm like, and after Gremlins 2, the new batch has now returned to relatively unknown actor. Because what else has he been in other than the two Gremlin he movies? Just, was it, He's got like 74 like credits. credits was but it he, he or the guy from E.T. that got arrested in Oregon last month? That for, was Henry Thomas. Okay. That was E.T. <laughs> yeah, after Gremlins 2, which that movie, I probably should go back and watch that. Uh, I put that down here, too. I have not seen Gremlins 2 seen in once. probably at least 25 to 30 years. Not soon after it came out, I think. It was very cash-grabby. It felt forced, but there's some other notes I kind of wrote down when I read up on a piece of information. I'm going to share a little bit later when I get to recommendations okay. about Gremlins 2. But, um, so I feel like you have more of a um, nostalgia trip with this movie than I do. So A my, little bit, yes. My next question, um, you might have a hard time answering. Mm-hmm. So I'll posit it to you first okay. before I answer. Because I have a definite answer, but what doesn't work? Well, if we're going to jump there, I have, f- I have five things that just kind of stood out a little bit more when I was watching it with more of a critical eye. What are they? Uh, the first one is like no self-respecting employee would ever bring their dog into work with them if they're working at a bank. At a bank, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why didn't he leave the dog at the house with his mother? I know it's meant to help drive the nastiness of Mrs. Deagle, but it's it's really illogical. Mom's not doing anything other than baking gingerbread cookies and waiting for these gremlins to show up in her kitchen so she can slaughter them all. What do you think gremlin tastes like? It looks like it would taste like chicken. More, you know, like a yeah, kind of like. Have a you reptile. ever have you ever had uh, frog had, legs before? Uh, yep, and I've had. Yeah, it tastes like fishy chicken. Yeah. So yeah, they probably taste like frog legs. Yeah. I mean, French fried frog legs. Does it take a lot? You know, just no. a little bit of water, and you could solve the hunger problem. As long as you can contain them. Come on, you can contain them. They didn't armed guards. I'll tell you one thing: they're they got soft insides, and their skin is not that thick. Because throwing them in the microwave they, for that quickly, it was like a bratwurst. Yeah. <laughs> if she just put a towel over it, <laughs> mom, did you wet that towel? What? <laughs> oh man, I'm not cleaning that. I'm not either. 
Actually, now that maybe you that it, was one what, of Rand's uh, inventions was the superpower microwave. That's that what the inside gremlins. of this room looks like now. The uh, gremlin platter, the Peltzers. <laughs> That's what we're calling the studio now. <laughs> uh, it's not Clopex Studios anymore. It's Peltzer Peltzer's, Peltzer's, Peltzer's Microwave. Who's getting the kitty toys in the stocking at Billy's house? There are no other children living in that home. Felddog is so, a neighbor, right? So Billy is getting a wind-up robot in the stocking that's hanging on the at the uh, at the fireplace. Better than what that Bender kid got down the street. You know what he got? What do you get? Carton of cigarettes. The old man grabbed him and said, Hey, smoke up, Johnny. <laughs> Uh, number three was is I had a revelation. What is snow? <laughs> I was about to be a smartass, and then I realized your point. Yeah, uh, it's water in a solid state. Why didn't Stripe start to multiply once he walked out of the house and stepped onto the snow? Hmm. I didn't pick that up either. Yeah, I I did this time around. Number four, who holds an inventor's convention on Christmas Eve? Notice that as well. Or even if it's the 23rd, because Dad's coming home on the 24th when he brings uh, the dog back. But Hey, man. The inventor's game? Kill or be killed. He was going to be killed. Invent or become obsolete. And bathroom buddy. Swiss pocket stapler? How big <laughs> could that was that? Be, could that be any bigger? Dude, that is not a bathroom buddy. Is that your number five? Uh, no, that's number four. Number okay. five is how big is the chimney flue at Kate's house? <laughs> Slightly smaller than a man, <laughs> um, apparently. But I always found that story kind of funny, like touchingly haunting. <laughs> until I realized that how is it if your father can go down into the flue, dressed as Santa on Christmas Eve with presents in his arms, and still be able to slip and break his neck? Uh huh. Once he's in the once he's in the chimney. My my question is, he didn't tell the mom. He was, hey Sue, Sue. I know, like, like, we're gonna do a thing for the kid. I'm gonna I'm gonna dress up in the full the full rig, and then go down the chimney and come out. Please don't start a fire till after I get down. I'll have right. presents. I'll give her the presents. It'll be great. She didn't miss him for the like. He died instantly. Is that what she said? I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. He didn't go. He didn't have any pain. He died instantly. My question I'm... after that would be: Does Kate still believe in God? <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> That's why I don't celebrate Christmas or <laughs> Easter. <laughs> That was the day I stopped everything. Yeah. I died that day. That was day. the day that I became an atheist. <laughs> so that's Was your... it three days before they started to notice the smell? Was that what it was? <laughs> Again, she didn't know he was up there? Were they cook they were smoking him for three days with hickory. Now hickory absolutely you do hickory and you won't a little bit of like you don't want to go apple a lot of a lot of people will tell you you want to have a roaring fire a no big, you booming, slow great outdoors no. in the chimney fire no you want like one or two logs on there you yeah. want low and slow heat you want that hickory to get up into the santa suit into the meat that's when you and you got to penetrate and that you, you don't eat it on christmas day you eat dad's corpse boxing day yeah you got to let that meat rest yeah 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 you got to cook it and then <laughs> Let it let it simmer down. Let the a little fat bit. render a little more. Yeah, let the flavors but get to know like, each other. It's got to pull in that juice yep. after yep. it. The Santa suit. It. The Santa suit really locks the flavor in. <laughs> now me, I leave, I leave the Santa suit on. A lot oh, of so folks, you like skin on? I do. Yeah, a lot of yeah, folks suit lot of on, folks, not suit off. A lot of folks say that's where all the toxins are. Is in the Santa suit. I <laughs> caution to the wind. Low Christmas is low. Come, hey, Christmas comes once a year. You gotta. So, when I roast my dad in the chimney. Three to 72 hours at least. And don't get any of that American-made cotton bullshit. I want Chinese rayon in my Santa suit. <laughs> it's like five spice. <laughs> I thought it was on my teeth. <laughs> uh, it's just some Santa fur. Oh. 
little bit of velvet. Those those are what my what doesn't work outside of eating dad <laughs> <laughs> on Boxing Day. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Oh, gross. Uh, uncharacteristically, my what doesn't work uh, starts with a clip. No, no. What happened? He hates bright lights. You know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys, and they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you've got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight. Who buys a pet that you have to treat like Hannibal fucking Lecter? <laughs> or like someone with... Because it's so cute. Someone with lupus. Because Gizmo or, is or, cute. Or cancer. Like, Gizmo is so cute you're willing to... No, 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 no. Don't hug Grandma. She's just for looking at now. No water at all? How does it drink? How does it stay hydrated? How does it not You die? don't get it wet on the outside. Inside, but water. But, you get, but its tongue will get wet if it drinks water. Its lips, he, did he eat anything ever? Yeah, he ate a whole bunch of shit, remember? No, the other ones did. Did he eat anything? Oh. I don't remember. I, oh, that stupid neighbor kid, Ricky Butler, got him wet, didn't he? Yeah. That's what happened. Wow, that did not pop at all. It's, uh, That's what you get when you get these from Poland. <laughs> Surprised it doesn't put the cap back on. <laughs> it's a bottle cap closer. Isn't there water in food? <laughs> Some food, There's yes. water in everything. It's 70% of the planet. I'm, I'm more Nathaning your point than you would mine normally. So what point are you trying to make? There's water in everything. There's water in... in, in it's just direct water. So, and you know, well, here's the other thing that people I think complained about with the rules. It's always after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Dad. A, yeah. a, a pet that I can hold in the dark. Evidently, how 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 bright is light? How bright can the light be? It doesn't like bright light, and sunlight will bright kill light. it. Everything you have to live in your house in perpetual dusk all the time. That would thanks, the, Dad. Chris. Killer fucking idea, Pop. <laughs> what a great is this a birdcage? Who gets who gets their son a birdcage? I'm and who shakes a birdcage? Oh, is there a whose bird first cage? guess is a it's a birdcage? Boring ass. Oh, Peltzer it's a puppy. Kid. It's a puppy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Boring ass Belcher kid. That's dope. yeah. Works at the bank. He works he's at a little the bank. soft. He's a little soft and heady. Takes his dog to work. <laughs> he likes to draw stuff. But you didn't let that. You didn't give that kid our account, did you? <laughs> Remember last time he transferred it all to Mrs. Deagle. She wouldn't give it back. What is he, a cartoonist or aspiring, artist? Aspiring, aspiring cartoonist? Graphic Did artist you know the guy that he's talking to in the bar is Chuck Jones? I may Giving have that him, yeah. later. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't I, I, I recognized him because I'd seen him in other things not too long ago. But yeah, the guy in whatever the bar is that they're in. How artwork. embarrassed do you think Gerald must be all the time? Judge Reinhold's character? <laughs> Phoebe Cates caught him jacking off in the bathroom like the prior summer, I remember. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't in good con- conscience give her orders at her job knowing that she caught me beating it in the bathroom. Was that 83, 82 was when that came out, Ridgemont right? High? Yeah. I think it was 82, yeah. There's obvious reasons why she doesn't want to go back to his apartment. She saw his dick. She knows there's not much waiting for her there. Hey! See you later. Oh, sorry. That's why sorry. you're Sorry. That's why you're so mean at work. If a little investment. <laughs> Gross. Um, How bad does the dog feel, by the way? Barney? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, guess what? Pet. New I pet. To, I go to work with Billy every day uh, where it's kind of our thing. And then like, oh. I'll just go over here and fuck myself. <laughs> That's exactly what I have. 
Well, I guess I'll just then, go fuck myself, huh? Then, yeah, great. And then dad's got to take me to grandma's until until Christmas Eve. Don't worry. He'll be back on Christmas. Mike, so grandma wasn't coming to Christmas or Christmas Eve, but... They the, really he, didn't think through this dog scenario, did they? Because no, or they how leave. short the time period is between when he gets Gizmo, which seems to be the 22nd. Maybe. Maybe 23rd. And it's Christmas Eve by the time dad finally finds his way back. Did he walk from the convention, by the way? It he, seems that Rand way. Rand is always just walking. What I want to know is how the grandfather, who did not authorize the sale of Gizmo, found his way to the house. He just saw the news reports? I, how did he punish the short round? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to go there. I bet he cut a finger off. At least a finger. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you said uh, you you don't have any clips for this one, which is rare. I don't. My my um, favorite scene is the bar scene when all the gremlins are in the bar. Okay. Okay. And the reason why is it's just it's it's the last over the top. Like, could it get any stupider, funnier, hilarious with all the gremlins? Yes. Give me two minutes in the bar, <laughs> and then we'll put them all in the theater before we burn them all to death. <laughs> But that's my favorite scene because it's just – it's so over the top. It plays on a lot of 80s tropes when the one comes up with the puppet. <laughs> you know, because he's sitting there, yeah, he's listening to the jazz. The jazzy one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did they stop shy of giving them voices? It's funnier that they didn't. I'm glad that they did. It would have made it yes. more chaotic, I think. There is only one person – I don't have him written down, but there was only one individual who gave the voice to Spike, like Howie Mandel gave the voice to Gizmo. Right. Um, it would be great if it was Mike Patton. I would love a remake where they uh, have Mike Patton like he did for uh, – That would be fun to watch like an R-rated, hard R. like hard R. And not for boobs or – No, just like straight. – You thought this was violent? Hold on. Hold my beer. And it's a violent movie. It's Hold my eggnog. You know? <laughs> I always remember that bar scene. We had, I'm sure you did growing up, the Pizza Huts when I was a kid. Right. You could get a pitcher of beer. Yes. And I just remember. Did you order them a lot when you were a kid? When I was a kid, Hut? I had to get it in a sippy cup. Um, but they <laughs> would bring a like, they would bring They would bring a pitcher's worth at once just right. in sippy cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember – Phoebe Kate's pouring that and thinking, oh, like that's another layer of kind of why it scared me because, oh, that added a bit of realism, realism. to my, my stupid child brain. Everything in that bar was Coors, number one, if you'd, if you'd paid attention at all. And then secondly, Lisa was like, why is she still there? Why is she still serving them? I'm like, I think she's being held hostage. She can't get out from behind the bar until she realizes, hey, want to take a picture of one? Because she's a goddamn professional. Yeah. She has a job She's got to light the cigarettes. Just because the customers are little assholes. We <laughs> put the lighter or the match. Write it. Um, I have I have two favorite scenes. You actually mentioned it already. It's the movie theater. Oh, uh, when they turn on the Snow White just thing. That anarchy. That's oh, happening. okay. They're like they're just the puppetry alone is is great. It's I mean, they're not awesome, they're not yeah. doing a lot of just other than. But just it's still bouncing. that's a lot of hands. But when they yeah, but when they pull in tight, you know, they're. They're doing stuff. They are. Um, my favorite bit of it is when they're um, – I've always been fascinated with like, mirrors and shit. I, t- I think I talked about it last season when we did Superman. Um, why are you laughing at that? I like silhouettes and mirror images and stuff. And just that silhouette- – uh, It's just the – I'm fascinated with mirrors. I'm like, they've been around for a while now. <laughs> 
I'm not. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not fascinated with mirrors now, asshole. <laughs> what I was trying okay. to say was it. <laughs> I like doppelgangers, and I like that silhou- that silhouetted shot. They see them all bouncing towards the. Well, no, they see they see Kate and Billy and Gizmo. Yes. And then they, they that's lose pretty their cool. Shit. And then you see the horde of gremlins bouncing toward them. That's just some really that is some cool, really cool stuff. That's I just I love it for I love the anarchy just as a scene, and then I, I love the artistry of that shot. I love also just the what dichotomy, <laughs> but but when they shift everything, I think they somehow the gremlins have miraculously figured out how to get real four to run. With the cluster f- that's going on up in the projection booth, right, right, and they get it to run, and they're just mesmerized. That's so. That's so funny. I don't know why it's so funny and unique and kind of cool, but it's just like, yeah, and they love it. It's funny. You know? I don't think they could have chosen a better movie to yeah. than the one that. I don't know why, but it's yeah, it, it works really well. It's just. Does Disney own Gremlins? Then no, that's Warner Brothers. Is, um, so what did it cost? Them? I don't know. They got the rights, though. Yeah. Um, my other favorite scene is the pool scene at the YMCA. When, yeah. Uh, do they all? I forget which one jumps in. It's just Spike. Spike's oh. by himself okay. until yeah. he is no longer by himself anymore. It's just that's a really cool transformation scene. That green water with the uh, uh, dry ice in it. Well, I mean that's the effect is dry ice. You're just it's steam or whatever. It's awesome. It's so the lighting and Lisa was like, we don't have. I don't understand these schools that have all these pools that people have like swim teams and all like that, all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't either. And I lived you know out where there was more potentially possibility more swimming and larger public schools. And then they walk out of the YMCA. And I'm like, oh, that's why because it wasn't it (laughs) it wasn't at a school. It was at the Y. That's why you have to pay your dues because they have to go in and clean that pool out. You never <laughs> you know what's going to end up. You got to pay your dues. That Finkelstein kid might shit in it. I love the music that Goldsmith does there because it's like it sounds like a pissed off cat. It, you ever think about that? I, I mean, you I, got three I, of them. Do they ever sound like that? I, sort of. I thought two things. I heard the cat, the cat noise for sure, and it also was very reminiscent of John Carpenter. Yes, I didn't think about that. It's very synthy in that zone. There's so many different. Like the characters of the story are very reminiscent of. I, I'm not saying that right. The the music has just as many poignant characters correct. to portray the gremlins to portray. Meaning Gizmo. it's a good score. It does yeah. its job correctly. Yeah, it, yeah, it's so kind of weirdly over the top at first, but you're like, no. But this kind of really fits it just just perfectly. Do you have a worse line? I'm sure there's one in there. I hardly had a best line. My favorite line. Was Gizmo Kaka? Because <laughs> I love it when Spike or any of the other gremlins just half the time they're just cursing in Spanish. Is it really Spanish? It's Spanish. Kaka is well. It, yeah. Thank you, Nathan. But- <laughs> but no, that's how I thought. That's how I read it. I don't know how else I would have read the situation with them. Or it's their own language, and they like to say caca a lot. So my um, my worst line isn't actually a line of dialogue. Okay. It happens early. Okay. Like first seven minutes. Um, it's in the curio shop in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Rand says the word dragon, and then a gong happens. <laughs> it's yeah, just dumb. It's dumb on the nose. It's stupid shit. Yeah. yeah. It's it's in it's almost in bad taste, you know, sure, I guess especially uh, now so the 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 shopkeeper is the shopkeeper himself that character isn't in bad taste at all no, <laughs> no. Confucius looking old dude with pi <laughs> five point 
It'd be great if he opened a back door and there was like a bunch of ninjas training, like in Wayne's World. <laughs> you had all the you have all the raidens. <laughs> we're training for this. We're training for this thing that happens in a couple of years. <laughs> Raiden wins. Flawless victory fatality. This big street fight. (laughs) One of the the things that I first wrote down here, I'm like, Mr. Peltzer, lovable dad, shitty inventor. Oh, God, dude. I I love the look that mom and Billy give each other when they're in the kitchen and they're going to make breakfast or they're going to do whatever. And it's just like once the egg – I'm like – it's not that difficult to crack an egg. No, no, no. Hold on. What? This is illogical, and you're making it logical for two weeks until it stops working correctly. No, no. But they look at each other like, God love him. I love dad. But his inventions are horrible. I'm going to throw this out there. What if we wrapped him up in a Santa suit and chucked him up the chimney? <laughs> Got a slow roast. No, what three, he yeah. does is he invents stupid stuff. Stupid, overcomplicated things that make uh, an action a simple thing take three times as long as it normally would. You know how I crack an egg on a fucking countertop, and he invents a goddamn Rude Goldberg machine. It was the eighties, and that's they were. It's funny. It's him- stupid funny. And, and yeah. have you? He wants a fresh, you know, glass of orange juice. Let me put in one orange, and it will go on the fritz, and then push out the juice of like seven. You notice that too? <laughs> or when they're drinking the coffee. Hmm. What's wrong? I love how he's like, what's wrong with this? <laughs> when he stirs his coffee, it's like sludge. Santa's butt mud. Did you notice there's like an artichoke there that's like powering speakers for some reason? No. <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that until this last viewing. And I think Lisa had pointed out first going, is that an artichoke? I'm like, hold on. I back it. I'm like, yep, that's an artichoke sitting there. And it's like the speaker was moving like, is it, does, does the artichoke, is it battery powered and it's Powering the speaker. Also, what is it providing? Is it also singing a song of its people? <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that wasn't. That's was not bad. Yeah, it only takes. You think Howie Mandel was drunk? I'll bet he did his dialogue in one day. If he didn't, he should have been fired. <laughs> I love the Seth Brundle approach to being a new pet owner. Oh yeah. So the guy told Dad not to get it wet. Dad told me not, not to, to get, get it wet. wet. And then I invite Ricky over, who gets it wet. <laughs> and then we're going to do it again. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down to my high, old high school science teacher. <laughs> I'm going to bring Gizmo in, who automatically, when he brings out the little droplet thing, you hear Gizmo go, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. there's a reason why he's saying, uh-oh. You have five extra in your house that are going to wreak havoc like, I'll just give you one. Here's one for you. Ricky wants one. He doesn't get one. He gives it to his science teacher. And then Lisa, while we were watching, goes in the teacher's voice, uh, writes down, uh, you don't mind if I keep this overnight and do illegal experiments on it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not a problem. Man, it seems to regenerate when you get it wet. I'm going to cut its arm off and see what's inside. And if, if it dies, we'll just... just just give me, a, I got, just give me I got some more water. I got three more in the back. What we'll do is we'll we'll get it to pop off those little fucking tribbles, and then we'll freeze them like meatballs. Who on Christmas Eve has been working that long? At a school. At a school. When I was a kid, school got out well before. All right, good buddy. I'm ready to go. And he doesn't finish his sandwich. Do you think Corey Feldman thinks Gizmo is real? Like, still? Like, today? Like... 
What'll be funny is when there's a vague reference to gremlins when you watch um the burbs. Uh no, when <laughs> when we when we watch um Christmas story. I hate you. Will you stop it? Gremlins 2. Die Hard. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> we watched The Goonies, which was also written by Chris Columbus. Oh, yeah. There's an inside joke that um, Mouth had, had called the police and made reference to the little gremlins that multiply when you get them wet. It's a rarity for a Christmas movie, but you've mentioned it earlier, and I have a best kill for this. I didn't think about that, but I should have. It's the microwave. It is the microwave. It's the, that's the best kill. But I tell you one thing, the most like authentic kill is her first kill, which is which is like the butcher, not butcher knife, straight up, but yeah. Mike Myers, like, Michael Myers butcher knife. Like, yeah. And then what, what was it that, uh, was it a mixer that yeah. the second one was in? Yeah. Like eating the cookie batter yeah. or whatever, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is a really, they, again, they have... Yeah, they could feed the world because they really have soft skin and they're very soft on the inside because they die quickly. Could clothe the world, too. It yeah. looks like a fine Except supple. Spike. Spike's the only one that has like a sense of I'd survival. Let him, I'd let Spike run a small South American country. <laughs> he might do better than Hugo Chavez. I think he'd be okay. <laughs> do you have a magic wand for this movie? Uh, I do. I put in many ways I wanted more of the dad, Rand Pelcher, in the movie. Okay. Um, but I'm afraid that... You know, he'd been home during the Kingston Falls Great Gremlin outbreak of 1984. They probably would have killed him. Uh-huh. While Billy's mom had no problem defending herself in the kitchen uh, after they had first hatched, I'm pretty sure that dad would have been uh, ground up in some sort of contraption in his own invention down in the basement. <laughs> Remember when Brundle morphs with the telepod? <laughs> the, the smokeless, yeah. the smokeless ashtray right in his head, and it's it's making his mouth like a sal- like Terrence and Philip open and close like. Yeah, it's either that or it's coming to the fruit cellar like Evil Dead Two like thing, <laughs> like he was just going to be just like rivers oh. and like fountains of blood. <laughs> so it's probably good that he didn't. Uh, his skin would make a nice big throw rug though. To put it would. Fire. It Take would. Christmas pictures on it. I'd call it Harry Manback. <laughs> Die, bastard! So that's your magic wand. That's my magic okay. wand. I almost didn't have a magic wand, and then that thought came to me: going, I really love the dad. He's so great, other than not being a great inventor. I had a similar thought, and then I drank uh, another beer real quick while watching it. Oh no! Nice distance. It says it can go up to ten meters. That's thirty feet to you I, I and me, Russ. I, do, <laughs> I don't do med- <laughs> the metric system. <laughs> so just for fun, okay, take this movie. I'm setting my magic wand in the mid seventies. Same town, same scenario. It's even the same characters. Their names are a little different. Fresh out of business school, young Ray Peterson has his first real job. Sure, sure, sure. He wants to work in graphic novels. But his dad is a fucking drain on the house, and somebody has to pay the bills, right? So, Ray gets a job at the bank. Plus, that new girl, Carol, she's working there. He's trying to get next to that. She's mysterious and cute. She's kind of a dark horse. Like, she doesn't take any shit, especially from that jack-off Gerald. He's smitten. Ray, by God, he's... He's got it. Right in the old, right in the old heart box. It's a love story. It's a Christmas story. It's Gremlins. A burb story. <laughs> June 2020. 
It's a Burbs prequel. <laughs> yeah. I guess that would be board. funny. No, I no. To, do, I I need li- to, do I need to shop this around to other studios, I guess? Yeah, because you'll get rejected, and then you'll come back and then have to ask for, like, half price. So I'll get it at a better discount. Your Burb sequel was I, – I greenlit that. <laughs> <laughs> the cunts. Yeah. Did you know, <laughs> did you know that, pro, like, Hollywood execs thought that people, like, kids were going to see this movie and then throw their cat in the microwave to see what happens? I'll bet at least one did. There weren't any news stories that I'm aware of, so well, it must there wasn't have been... a 24 hour news cycle back That's then. That's true. Nathan. Infotainment was not a thing. Like, I'll bet one kid named like Ricky, yeah, or Ronnie. And if your name is Ricky or Ronnie, sorry, we, dude, we don't mean you. <laughs> we need the other one yeah, that we one. didn't like. The we one that's kids. currently setting a cat on fire or something, regardless of his age. Um, under plot points and pacing, I'm like, I feel that the movie re- moves really well at one four one hour forty six minutes runtime. It's not two hours. It's it's not necessarily lean and mean because I would put like 90 to 95 minutes as a lean and mean movie, especially when it's hitting all of its notes. True. It's got that extra 10 to 15 minutes, yeah. but it doesn't – it really – there's rarely a dull or really – or slow or slow, ugh, or slow moment. I agree. Um, it's a little confusing while the – at first I asked Lisa when we were watching it a few nights ago, and I'm like, why do they go into the bank? There's no purpose for them to go into the bank other than for her to tell her horrible story now that I – when I think about it. Because that was Lisa's first line was like, how big is their flu? <laughs> but it's like, why do they go to the bank? I think they go into the bank to hide. I think there's also deleted scenes that I didn't see that mm. had more of Judge Reinhold's characters. I th- it's like hiding in the vault or something. I and you think may- so. Yeah, I didn't watch any of that. That's the only thing that seems a little off. It feels like they need to slow things down so you can feel a little bit more for Kate before they get out and go, where is everybody? It kind of fully uh, realizes her character. Yes. It kind of brings her character home. It does bring her character home. It's but just, it doesn't have to be at the bank. She should have they, made a better story up. They could have been hunkered down at the snack. She made a better story up. <laughs> That's just what her mom told her. Right. Her dad just went out for cigarettes and beer and never came back. But they had meat for weeks. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> well, that's because on Christmas Day, the mom caught up with I'm tired of him. pulled pork. It's not pulled pork, but go ahead and have pulled. another sandwich. Hey, that's part of Dad's driver's That's what he was, do- that's what he was doing to the pool one. house. <laughs> you ever notice our little off-tangent whatever? It's pulled Dad. They, they end up with cannibalism a lot of the time. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Need to rectify that. Anyway, um, what else did I have here? The gremlins are slowly revealed, almost kind of Spielberg esque with Jaws. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get like a full viewing until it's in the kitchen and it's mom mm-hmm. and it's stab. Yeah, because they're all like <laughs> behind. Yeah, yeah, I love like they they use them sparingly and they build them up like the the shadow on the yep. on the wall in the yep. hallway. Yep. It's yep. so brilliant. It's just. I love it, um, and then it just it it just slowly ramps up. It ramps up until you get to the bar scene. The bar scene is the last scene because when she jumps out, she sees Billy. They go to the bank, and then they realize everybody's gone. They're in the theater, and then we're going to burn them alive. <laughs> <laughs> and like it really works well, also with the final act in the department store. I think that was a Montgomery a Montgomery Ward. Oh man, yeah, with just Spike, man. It's him against that horrific one gremlin left. Oh, look, there's a fountain over but there. But it's the head of the hive. Yes, it's mind. the head. It is definitely the head of the hive mind because he is one sadistic prick and he knows how to defend himself. And it's almost like, God, man, 
I'm really surprised this movie didn't get rated R when you think about how horrific that that throws final that, act that the circular that, saw that, blade yeah the it? circular saw blade is just like oh then um event gets he gets shot in the arm with a crossbow mm-hmm. and then he come gets come uh he gets uh, attacked with the um chainsaw. electric chainsaw they actually with the bad uh, joe dante and zach galligan wrote that scene specifically together as an homage to uh, one of the greatest movies ever made chainsaw, chainsaw massacre, massacre. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome because uh, I love that. Which Chainsaw Massacre happens? Well, it's Chainsaw Two, but it's in the burbs. Yeah. Um, what's funny though is Lisa was like, I don't know if that bat would hold up. I'm like, I don't know how sharp are the is the chain? Have they been sharpened recently? You have more experience. Please tell us about the. If they bought that cheap Chinese nondescript one, that's a counterfeit. <laughs> no, they're they're no pictures probably, or anything. Probably dull. But those were the strong points of the movie. Is it's got three really good definitive acts and that last act once it's all a, the gremlins are dead in the theater um it's kind of reminiscent now do you wonder if um inglorious bastards was inspired by gremlins for- <laughs> <laughs> what's what's worse gremlins or nazis <laughs> nazis <laughs> yeah at least gremlins are funny so yeah i don't think there's been one funny nazi <laughs> he's one funny nazi Fridays coming this fall. Um, you said you didn't have any recasting, right? I didn't. I really racked my brain on that. That's one. okay. I've got one for each of you. I'm going to try to not do this going forward, but I went like kind of classic and I went modern. Okay. So which one, classic or modern? This first one is is a sort of a just a trade out. When I say when I say classic, I mean just same story, but just trade out the characters. Okay. So for Rand, mm-hmm. I did Joe Don Baker. Big fat guy, deep no, voice. No, he can be lovable as well as a prick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he'd be lovable in this movie. Oh, yeah, okay, I can see that. For Billy, I went like 1995. Fred Savage. All right, just after the Wonder Years. Same. Well, age. he's got. Well, he's got to be out of high school. Yeah, got to. He's got to be able to work at a bank. Yeah, with Barney um, under his desk. For Kate, I went 1990. Winona Ryder. Okay, so very Edward Scissorhands age. Yep, but not that stupid blonde hair, straight brunette. Okay. Um, and that. for the voice of Gizmo, Jim Gaffigan. I think he's like Ed Helms. <laughs> no, mm, no, that wouldn't nah. work. Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> he wouldn't have dialogue, but he would... <sighs> Every now and again, he'd hit you with a... Ketchup! <laughs> he loves Hot Pockets. Hot Pocket! Yeah, okay. What do you do with like, the... Bright light. Inside. No. <laughs> inside voice. <sighs> Jim Gaffigan. It works, right? No, it works. It's, it would be a complete stoner comedy. Yeah. That would be okay. funny. That would be funny. All right. So I changed. I didn't recast Rand in the second scenario. So it's still Joe Don Baker? So it's uh, Billy, Kate, and Mom for my second scenario. All right. So Billy is now Billy with an IE, and it's Liv Hewson. Which one's Liv Hewson? I'll get to that in a second. Okay, good. Kate is now Kevin, and uh, played by uh, Skylar Gizondo. They're the the boy and the girl from, or the kids from Santa Clarita Diet. I just flipped the genders on them. Okay. Well, I think she's gender fluid or whatever, but I'd like another refill of gender fluid. (laughs) No, No, thank you. I'm full. They just get into mischief, and it's it's been a little long, a little while since I've watched it, so I'd have to pull up. And while she's not like to remember, but yeah, uh, Liv isn't specifically. Feminine or whatever, but she's she's more feminine than he is, and she's damn sure more feminine than Zach Galligan. So okay, I just went with kind of a 
quote unquote gender flip. Now I recast the mom in this scenario. Badass mom? Sigourney Weaver. Oh, (laughs) but like Sigourney Weaver, like now, well, either, even Sigourney Weaver 20 years ago, because it'd be like Sigourney grandma and Billy's living at grandma's house. Now Sigourney Weaver still yes, but still, she I'm, still just, I'm just talking age wise. Well, it's not it, his son unless his son is like 45, maybe 50. No, get out of my script. You didn't recast. You don't get the <laughs> okay. Um, so those are my two. Those are my two recastings. That's good. I like. I like both. I'd probably lean towards the first one, but still would want Sigourney it's a little Weaver more, in either version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, can you? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you my similar or equal film. Okay. Aliens. I did not list anything other than when I was writing my notes down going, those look like alien pods when they that's when they eat after midnight. There's really nothing similar to this. I mean, you could say the burbs or Piran or something just because – I didn't pull Joe Dante specifically, but I did, so I'm lying. I went for just the sheer amount of creatures and the fact that they hatch from – some sort of biological, you know, process. Um, what were two notes before? I had two other notes that were funny to mention specifically before I go into my uh, recommendations. I had one more thing. Oh, sure. Um, gremlins are to the xenomorphs what Ewoks are to the Wookiees. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. What I put down here is number one. Did you realize that Zach was watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the first version, black and white, fifty-five? If I did, Richard I didn't. Donner film. If, if I did, I didn't. Richard Donner did the fifty-five one. I f- think so. Holy um, shit! If I'm wrong, then you can interject yourself into this episode and go, "Nope, he was incorrect <laughs> in that assumption." But I think it was Donner. But yes, it was. Um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if it, if I was um, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was one of the late night movies that kind of freaked Gizmo out while he was laying on bed be- before he spilled water on him, or his buddy Ricky did. I love that we keep calling him Ricky. He's <laughs> actually Ricky Butler. Um, wasn't I think his name was Ricky in the movie. That would be great if it was. Uh, let me look here. Hold on. Corey Feldman. No, it was Pete Fontaine. <laughs> Corey Feldman plays Pete Fontaine? His name was Pete. Okay. I always say Ricky. Wow. No, it's cool. The one other thing I found funny that I wanted to mention was, do you think that was a lot of fried chicken for a house of three where dad was gone? The in, like, like I don't remember the fried chicken. That's the chicken that all of the um, gremlins soon-to-be eat. gremlins ate after midnight. He pulls mm. out this giant plate of like what looks to be three f- whole chickens that were <laughs> fried and then or cut up and then fried. Man, that's how much fried chicken was in that fridge. Serrano's trying to There's get some power. There's three people. The game. Dad is gone. <laughs> Nathan's flipping me off right now. That's a Serrano of chicken. It's three Serranos of chicken. Here you go. One whole chicken, just like you said. I know it's it's a lot of fried chicken. You want some gizmo? No, no, thank you. Chicken. All right, so some trivia. I already said the chainsaw scene was written by uh, Zach Galligan and uh, Joe Dante's an homage to Chainsaw Massacre. Good. Um, We've already said it's okay. the same back lot as Back to the Future. Yeah, that's pretty obvious unless you it's, really don't know 80s movies. Yeah. Um, in Cantonese, Mogwai. Have any guesses what it means? Butthole. No. No, actually, it, it doesn't. Harry Butthole. It means devil, demon, or gremlin. Oh, <coughs> no, I never knew that. Isn't there like a rock band, band called Mogwai? Yeah. Mogwai, okay. 
The studio and Steven Spielberg hated her speech, uh, Kate's speech about her dad dying. Was that Joe Dante's? He wanted it in Joe there? Dante argued that horror and comedy were the core of this movie. Other uh, than the logical and thing of slipping and breaking your neck, yes, it's creepy. And then the eating but it's also, for three weeks. It's also afterwards. kind of funny. It's also kind of funny. No, it's funny. And he, they, but it's they, haunting. To me, I always found it haunting. Li- I didn't find it as funny as I found it because she plays it. To she me. plays. She it. plays it. Yeah, and the music helps. Real. Yeah. The music doesn't. Yeah. She plays um, it like it actually happened. Do you know how much each animatic gremlin cost? No. Guess per gremlin. The, the not the not the dead ones, not the dummy ones, the animatic ones, the ones that actually moved. And um, twenty five thousand. Thirty to forty k. Yeah. And how many, do you know how many they used? Did not say. I would think that they would have to have between 10 and 20, like, 10 and 20 blackbirds stuffed into a pie. <laughs> right. They uh, would stop cast and crew members every day on their way out and inspect their cars to make sure they hadn't ganked one. <laughs> I need to check. You need to check your trunk. Can you open it? You got no. gremlins. You got gremlins. Oh, here's your, your problem. Trunk. You got a trunk full of gremlins. <laughs> God bless you, security guard. Came out the same day as Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Which normally that's like the death sentence for This movie made like a hundred and fifty something million dollars on an eleven million dollar budget. So that was huge. That's huge. This but huge. I know Ghostbusters was bigger than this. I had no idea they released on the same day. Care to guess who an early front runner maybe not front runner, but an early thought for directing was. Would have been terrible. I'll give you a hint. Okay. The, the Gremlins would have been black and white striped. Come on, you can't get it from Tim Burton? Me. Yeah, Danny Elfman would have done the soundtrack. There you go. Wouldn't have been Jerry Goldsmith. It would have been Danny Elfman. <laughs> no. Um, that would not have been good. It no. would have been different. It might have been good in its own way, but it would have been more Probably about... Probably not. It would have been more about Billy and Kate than it would have been about... Um, I can see why they initially thought to go that route. Yeah. He really hadn't made a big anything. enough name for himself in 84. Anything. Well, if you think about it, the movie's released in 84, this so you're been looking first, at at least 83. This would have been his first feature. Yeah, that... No. Mm. No. Instead... No, hold off. I um, got Paul Rubens for you. So... And the bathroom attendant. The... Or bathroom buddy. Um, in the theater. At the invention convention? <laughs> um, you can actually see the... It's the replica or the, the prop or whatever used from H. G. the H.G. Wells movie, The Time oh, Machine. Oh, is that the one where it's there and then <laughs> it disappears? Correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was mentioning that to Lisa. I'm like, you know, if you pay attention, you realize that it's there, and then it disappears. She's like, no, I wasn't. Paying Which attention. implies <laughs> that that invention yeah, actually works, right? Uh, also, or Rob- Robbie the robot. Robbie the robot's in there. Who's annoying? Early on, they had Sounds actual like they had actual monkeys cast. I heard about that in the costumes. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it would work well. <laughs> they freaked the f- out when they put the masks on them and went ape shit. So- literally, <laughs> and literally <laughs> ape shit. <laughs> uh, for some unknown reason, Joe Dante actually prefers Gremlins 2. I read that too. I'll, I have one other bit that's interesting we get In fact, to uh, when quoted, recommendation. When quoted, Joe Dante says, I still have no idea why this picture was so successful. It's a great movie. It's a great little Yeah. It's, it's a great to me, little this, to, it's a great little movie. I'll say it I'll say it in my final thoughts, but okay. um, um originally at the end Billy was supposed to kill Gizmo. I heard that there was the possibility that, that he was he was supposed to take Gizmo out, or someone was supposed to kill See, Gizmo. That would have been a better that would have been a better sequel. Said it during Easter. <laughs> Pop quiz: Kill count for humans? Just kill count total. Oh God! I mean, I don't count the mass of. Don't gremlins. count the mass of yeah. gremlins in the theater. I think it's humans. Twelve, four. Oh, okay, so. 
um, Dick Miller's – I can't remember the kid's character's name, but Dick Miller and his wife, um, Mrs. Deagle and, and Professor Brundle. Oh, yes. <laughs> Professor Brundle. Finally. Just a little blood. In sort of uh, the same way Chewbacca came to life, um, the coloring of Gizmo's fur was modeled after one of Spielberg's dogs. Hmm. A lot of people made reference to the similarities between Gizmo's ears and Yoda's ears. Yeah, yeah. Back in... It was they're doing... Now with the Mandalorian, they're doing baby Yoda and Gizmo yeah. mashups. You didn't hear that. I did. <laughs> um, so that's all my trivia. Let me provide some recommendations. Okay. The first note says, I cannot in good conscience recommend Gremlins 2, uh, the new batch. Not because I don't like the movie. It's been too long. I can't remember the last time I saw it. And initially, I remember not enjoying it. I read somewhere recently that Joe Dante actually prefers the sequel over the original, which cost $50 million to make and compared to 11 yeah. and only made 41 back. Outside of him preferring the sequel over the original, some have considered Gremlins 2 to be in the same vein as Evil Dead 2 or Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I, I can sign off Where on it's a complete... Departure or send up from the original, so it may require another look. See, I wouldn't mind watching it at some point. Oh yeah, I'll hit it again. Some people that I've talked to and and some stuff that I've read said that they enjoy Gremlins too. It gets better upon multiple viewings. Okay, maybe they said though that the CGI that they use for Gizmo in one or two scenes where you actually see him moving like whole body walking uh-huh. somewhere just it doesn't work doesn't the magic right. is gone and it, it doesn't look right and which makes more sense when like look Gizmo is small and we don't really have the proper animatronics for Gizmo himself how do we how are we going to move him around well what we'll do is we'll put him in Billy's backpack that works yeah Let, let's do it that way um, the only other hu- horror comedy I could recommend on a similar uh, caliber would would have been Ghostbusters. I don't have any knowledge of any other like critter creature spawn movies that were inspired by Gremlins, like Critters. Oh, okay. Critter, what is it? Critters. There's, there's Critters, Ghoulies, and uh, there's a third. There's a th- Munchies. Munchies. Okay, I haven't seen any of them. And I've seen the first. I can't imagine them Critters. having as at least the high quality that Dante would have brought. No, really? Yeah, I know. It's huh. amazing, right? Uh, and then I put the only other film that I thought of recommending initially was called Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers. <laughs> that was a good movie. Joe Dante, okay. late 90s. It involves warring factions of two sets of action figures, but it is on Netflix, and I will probably watch it this Christmas break just to see. Is it a Christmas movie? Uh, no, but the fact that it's on Netflix and I haven't seen it probably since 98, 99. Okay. That movie would pair well, I think, with Toy Story. It might. Yeah, that's not a bad the idea. Original, the original Toy Story. Yeah, the first, the OG. Do you have any final thoughts before I hit mine? I do. Um, Gremlins, Gremlins, to me, is deliciously dark and twisted. And that's why I really enjoy it. Dante, once again, perfectly balances the, the humor yep. and the horror. Not letting one overshadow the other. It's a little more horror in my. It's opinion. a little more horror, but it's still yes. It's close. But it's just. But in many ways, it's still just as funny on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's delightfully offbeat reminder of how inventive and witty blockbusters seemed to be when you were a kid, especially in the eighties, because you don't really see a lot of that now. 
Not that I can. No, really, not no, not really. Everything's so homogenized and or franchise. Let's spin off, spin off, spin off, yep. reinvent, reimagine, whatever. Uh, Goldsmith score becomes uh, an additional character, like I had mentioned previously, where it's like perfectly malevolent in one end, menacing, humorous, and also funny. Yep. You know. And so it captures the tone of the film perfectly. Gizmo's theme is kind of heartwarming and 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 hits those notes just right. But the Gremlins theme is reminiscent of terror and a pissed off cat. <laughs> <laughs> Which it, is terrifying. Right. It takes Christmas. I think a lot of what Dante was trying to do with this movie was, hey, you know what would be great if we did um, – what's that Jimmy Stewart movie where – yeah, let's just – what if we threw monsters into it? <laughs> because a lot of it looks like a set depending on what you're watching, and it's purposeful to look like it's a small world mm-hmm. specifically. Like, it's a wonderful life, but with monsters, you know? It's a little too sinister for me for late Christmas viewing, but I definitely pop this one in almost on a yearly basis early in December when I'm wanting to start to put – my toes in the water on okay. on Christmas. Everything you said exactly. It's as an eighties movie, it absolutely it's eighties through and through. So yes, it holds up there. Part comedy, part horror, part Christmas. Absolutely. For me, I could watch this on Christmas Day. I'm twisted in the head like that. I get <laughs> okay, I, I can to, understand. I yeah, have I to watch it. this one as a lead up because Jamie doesn't like it. I might be able to get it get it in. Well, I've already watched it this year, but I might, I might, I could do it again. Definitely a timepiece of, it's sort of a period piece and definitely a timepiece of cinema itself. Cause I don't, it, and what's nice is it doesn't relate too much relate relay. It doesn't rely too much on technology outside no. of the shitty inventions. Exactly. <laughs> Which could be like outside of a phone booth that yeah. dad is in. There's really not anything specific that helps carry that story along. Joe Dante is so very good at directing like moving comic books. His lighting and his angles, it's Moving just all, comics is good. Yeah. It's all, especially the early stuff. Like right. It's like, it's a, it's, it's almost shaded like a comic book. It's like, depending on the scene, I think a lot of people looked at like the bar scene and like the very beginnings where he's in Chinatown and him walking slow motion out and you hear the, I got to tell you about three things, mister, before you walk out with that gremlin and it gives them the rules. Yeah. Yeah. It's super. Mogwai. Like cinematic yeah when he walks out it's it's pretty awesome total joe dante movie i yeah. could i could pull this movie at christmas or halloween doesn't matter to me yeah um, and it was a summer release so it's it really goes well regardless of the time that you're watching it but it's really fun to watch it at christmas there's there's not a lot else to say about it other than i'm gonna grab my red rider and go pick off a few gremlins we'll be right back in this modern age, Perfect. too many people have lost sight ah! of the true meaning of Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. So now, in the spirit of the original, traditional American Christmas, MGM presents the movie that sends up Santa Claus. Mom, hush! Shut up, Ralphie! A Christmas story. Friday at the Cumberland and other theaters near you. They just... Hang the racism right there at the end, don't they? Just <laughs> straight out like a buffet. It's like they didn't cut the head off. It's almost like they don't even. It's almost like they don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, was a 
time period between late 30s and somewhere in the early 40s. They did not specify when. This movie was that made was in 1983, man. <laughs> they were going for authentic. <laughs> Nailed Auth- it. It's authentically racist. Nailed it. <laughs> yep. It's, uh, it's a Christmas story. One boy's journey to obtain a weapon. To becoming a terrorist. <laughs> Christmas story. The Radicalization of Ralphie. <laughs> Coming to a theater near you. So this was 83. Gremlins was 84. Correct. So that's unintentional. but And they were only probably released within about, what, six to seven months of each other because Gremlins was a um, summer release. Yeah. So yeah. I don't necessarily have to watch this movie when Lisa's out of the house, but this is one Christmas movie that we do not watch together. Why is that? I don't know if it's the narrative style, if – to her, it feels hokey or it's not nostalgic for her. I also feel personally that this movie may relate a little more to boys boys yeah. rather than girls. I love this movie, but it was it, – yeah, it's definitely a uh, – yeah, you can watch that whenever you want because I'm not going to sit oh, man. down and watch it. Just like with uh, Jamie and Gremlins for you. <laughs> Well, she actively hates Gremlins. Uh, Lisa will watch Gremlins easily before even considering watching A Christmas Story, yeah. which okay. is not going to happen. This one was a hard one for me to note as well because it's – it's. Let thing, me do yeah. some math here real quick. Okay, so I saw this – I first saw this in 1994. I did – I know you did trivia on this, but I did a little – That's to, fine. I had to do a little bit for this part. TBS started the 24-hour marathon in 1997. Right. That's what I did have here as well. And I easily watched it an average of three times a year the first three years um, after that. So adjusting for inflation, I've seen this movie conservatively. It says – 27 times. And that's that's a – Did you always watch it just during the holiday season or did you sometimes pull it out and watch it? Nope. This is only Christmas. So I remember you mentioned last year you watched – um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation all the time, regardless. As a, as a Christmas, kid. Yeah, regardless if it was Christmas or not. That's because so the, that's because was. the comedy of that one isn't necessarily. It's transcendent past just yeah Christmas, which I guess so is theme. so is Christmas Story. Now that I think of it, in but. some ways, yes, but it's much more nostalgic and it hmm. hits those notes better during the holiday season. Yeah, or. I mean, I can't. I can't it. watch them. I can't watch either one of them outside of the Christmas season. Now it's just you had to wait till December to pop that in. Even then, I was I was like, I it's was, a little too early for me. I was toying, taking notes from memory. <laughs> I, like I said, I've literally I've seen it at least twenty seven times, and that's no bullshit. I like to watch it on Christmas Eve because it's got that anticipation and build up. Yeah, it's build up. There's not a lot after. There's like maybe fifteen minutes. Yeah, I think. not a lot, and then that's anticlimactic. So on Christmas Day, we like we'll we'll watch. We try to rotate. Sometimes we'll do Christmas Vacation on Christmas Day or Christmas Story on Vacation, but. You know, we mix in our, our action Christmas movies quite heavily. The plot is – this is what I've written down. <clears throat> the plot is – come on. You've all seen this movie. I'm not about to tell you the plot of a Christmas story. <laughs> here's, a, here's a twist on the plot. The guy that directed Porky's directs one of the top three perfect Christmas movies of all time. And also Black Christmas. He did Black Christmas? Yeah. Never seen it. And that's like mid-70s, 74, 75. So he's also done a Christmas-themed th- Christmas horror movie. I can't. Which would I be kind of fun. It may be fun at some point to revisit that I guess, maybe. in a couple of years and put it as the non-Christmas Christmas movie <laughs> with something else. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it either. But yeah, he also directed that. To me, he nails the pacing of this. He nails the pacing it's of like this 90, movie. This movie's like 94, 95 minutes. It's and, like 
Enough. He nails yeah. the pacing of the ramp up of being a kid from like early December through Christmas. Like right, there's and it ends on Christmas. There's nothing else after that. Yeah, outside of the disastrous the Christmas turkey that doesn't happen. The, they have to go uh, out. I remember probably my favorite Christmas season as a kid was when I was probably in fourth grade. Right. And I just remember that buildup, and it mirrors this movie so perfectly. Because there's Christmas-style shit. There's a Christmas party. Does it also or, link you personally because it's located in Indiana? Not as much as you like, think. Okay. Because this, sure. was, this was supposed to be northern Indiana, which is more like we don't claim it where I'm from. Okay. Northern Indiana is more like Chicago. Lower Chicago. Okay. Um, but you still have to do mundane, everyday stuff. You have to right. pay your bills. You have to eat dinner. But then you have to go to the Christmas program for school. There's extra shit built into it. Mm-hmm. And this movie... Just for me, it nails it, that. It captures yeah. that perfectly because he's getting his little orphan Andy decoder ring, but then you know Ralphie's got to get, or I'm sorry, um, Randy's got to get all dressed up for deep sea diving, <laughs> yes. like Gary the starfish or whatever his name is from SpongeBob. Right. The Everything lighting, the lighting is like that soft glow. The whole over the it's whole just movie, just a touch of fuzz. Just, yep, that's just it. That's slightly, a good way yeah. to say it. A touch of fuzz. He just fucking nailed it, man. This is it's a, not 100 percent crystal clear. At least not like 4K Blu-ray, it's a, but it's, yeah. It's a memory. It's a memory. And that's why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you put a little bit of rose-colored glasses on when you do a memory. I think I fell in love with this movie. It was well before the 97 TBS starting the 24-hour marathon. I put down here, I think I caught it on cable one year. Okay. And was completely unaware of the movie. I know I didn't see it in the theater, and it just clicked. And I was probably maybe 12. It was not the end of the 80s yet, but I saw that, and it was just like – I mean, you're not even clicking on all of the humor at the time. I was you know? 14 the first time I saw it. So it just it, – it hits all of those notes. Well, I, I think – so you saying that it, it kind of – you saw it the first time as a as like a, straight in the middle of your teens. Yeah. I think it's because that – because Ralphie's like 10. Yeah, I 10 think he's 11. supposed to be like – Maybe. It's somewhere in like the 9 to 11 range yeah. he's supposed to and be. And that part of you has just died, like freshly, you're completely – you're in between being. You're a about kid. ready to become a teenager, and or you are a teenager. Yeah. but you're be- you're squarely between child and adult. You're still a child, but you're not that kind of child, right? So you can at that point remember it and kind of maybe in a bittersweet way. Like I'm glad oh, I'm not definitely. that naive little shit anymore. But it wasn't life easier when all I had to worry about was a fucking BB gun. Yeah, <laughs> I put down here. I'm like the comedy and overall humor in this film is timeless. As it all is. of it is based off of real life. The experiences yep. is real life. Nothing is out of the ordinary, like extraordinary. But there's no way that this story would work in a modern era with a kid who focuses on wanting to get a gun for Christmas. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Only on CMT. Even if it's a BB gun, it doesn't matter. It's not happening uh, unless it's, yeah, like you said, CMT or this. <laughs> a country Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a Red Rider? No. I had one. I got one. Uh, Red Rider was on the same lines of like um, Roy Rogers and he was a – I think he was a comic book character. Possibly. I don't know. If I remember I, – I know that is not specifically in my trivia, but I think that's what he was. Is It was a okay. fictitious or, character. Was he a radio show? Probably. It was Maybe. A, um, Being yeah, – at, well, at least he didn't mine, order the little orphan Annie BB gun. <laughs> That would have been weird. Was there a little orphan Annie BB gun? I don't know. Okay, no, just a Dakota ring um, <laughs> that sold you commercials. My, my Red Rider when I was a kid had the little the little piece that hung off with the tassel, okay. and it had the Red Rider inscription in the stock, but it didn't have it it no didn't, compass. No compass. For me, not completely understanding the 
geographical location of all of Indiana and how close northern Indiana was to well, Illinois. Give me a quick little hint. Okay. So picture nothing. It's right in the middle of that. Ah, okay. Because I put down here, I'm like, Gene Shepard, who wrote the book and wrote part of the screenplay and did the narration. Right. He's like, he grew up in, in Hammond, Indiana, is mm-hmm. the information, what, what I had, which is only 30 miles south southwest, I think, of Chicago, mm-hmm. which makes sense why the old man was focused on the White Sox and Chicago Bears when reading about sports in, in the paper. Also, the Colts didn't exist in Indiana back then. Oh, yeah, because they were in Baltimore, if they were anything, the, right? Uh, Baltimore yeah. Colts. They yeah. were either the Ravens or the Colts. I think they were no, the No, they were the Colts. Yeah. And another thing, uh, well, just not to jump into right, right into what doesn't work, but the old man says Terra Hot. Yeah, some guy down in Terra Hot won a bowling alley or whatever. No problem with Darren McGavin's pronunciation of Terra Hot. Because it's Terra Hot. Oh. <laughs> Later in the movie, I think it's. I forget. It might be Ralphie. Someone says Terre Haute correctly. Okay, but no one from Indiana would say Terre Haute. I don't know what I put down there yet. I'm not. I'm not getting there. But I'm. <laughs> what I wrote down here. My could Randy be any, be any less helpful with getting dressed for walking to school in the winter? Yeah, you're going to school naked, you little shit. I mean, there's nothing worse. Like I did babysitting when I was a kid, and there's nothing worse than the kid who embodies the physicality of a dead fish when trying to put clothes on them. <laughs> they don't. You have to. You know, harden your limbs. Point them out straight and don't move them. I yeah. need to get your shirt on. It's impossible to try to dress a child when they're that limp. The frustration of mom, like, <laughs> trying to get them in, like you said, deep sea diving gear. What if she just beat Randy one good time? One wallop. I think. Oh, no. One like, one, one, like one savage beating. Okay. Like a five-minute session. I mean, it is late 30s, early 40s time period, so it's, sure. it's okay. It's acceptable. Spanking? Are you talking? You can no. Um, I mean bare knuckle boxing. Can, like, take that little bastard into the room where the radio is. <laughs> draw a circle on the floor. Last person standing wins. My money's on mom. Yeah, my money is on mom as well. Um, <laughs> I've always felt that both Schwartz and Flick are almost completely unidentifiable if they don't have their hats on. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Do you? Are you the same way? I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, because you forget about. Um, Flick has the the flop over, yeah, the and then hat. and then uh, Schwartz yeah, has the trooper. Schwartz hat. has the trooper hat with the goggles. It's really hard initially to identify either of them in the classroom if they don't have their hat on or if they don't talk. You forget later, like when I think it's Schwartz who gets beat up a bit with Uncle, mm-hmm. and he comes in a little bit later, and you realize he comes in, and he's got like a bit of a. A black eye that's starting. I didn't. I don't because they that. all run off, and, and um, the two bullies—I can't think of their names at this very moment. Uh, Scott Farkas, Scott and, Farkas, and his toady. Come here, and then he just grabs his arm. He's already ready to say "uncle," so he'll let go. Mm-hmm. He's like "uncle, uncle, uncle, uncle," and his voice breaks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when he comes back in, of course, all the other kids have gone in. They've taken their jackets off. They're dressed for class. They're ready to go in after recess. And then you see Schwartz come in, and he's got a little bit of a black eye. I don't remember And that. I don't really pay attention to that until I did this last time going, <laughs> that sucks for him. He was the last kid to leave recess. <laughs> Are you sure that happens? In- it does. Yeah. I thought that happened at, uh, like on their way home. No, it's before. They went to school apparently as well. But Scott and Scott his, Farkas and, and Tony fucked them up on the way to school? No, they were on they were in recess. They were playing in the playground and then they all kids, I got to go in. Come 
here, and then he pulls in. No, you're wrong, shorts. man. That happen- nope. that happens on their way home in an alley. No, it's not. The recess it doesn't. thing is when he sticks his tongue to the flagpole. No, that's another scene later. I think you're wrong. Uh, I'll let you know on the 25th when I watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick, I have a what doesn't work. Oh, God. Here we go. When the kids put the false teeth, when they all – she comes in and says, good morning, class. And, good go, morning, and they've all got the yes. buck teeth. Okay. And then she's like, all right, haha, I get it, and bring them up here. And they all put – they take this shit out of their mouth and put it in her hand. Oh, that's gross. That's disgusting. No, and, that is gross. And maybe – Maybe the racism with the Chinese people at the end doesn't work anymore. Maybe. I don't know. It's the only restaurant that was open. No. But the mom was an Is it racist? The or mom, is it? The mom straight laughs at him because they can't pronounce L's. I don't know that they are a little uncomfortable. I don't know with that, that she's saying she's better than them, but she's definitely like outwardly laughing at them. <laughs> that kind of. That doesn't age well. Not, not I'm not going to say that that would be a category moving forward, but every once in a while, the what hasn't aged well might <laughs> be uh, helpful depending on the movie that we watch Very for true. season four. Very true. Uh, I put down here absolutely nothing, minus racism. That's a newly added note. Uh, the only thing that that wouldn't have worked was a scene that Clark apparently filmed and uh, decided to cut from the final version, I guess – uh, reading about it, it sounds bad. An elaborate fantasy sequence where Ralphie joins Flash Gordon to fight Ming the Merciless. That was an actually shot scene that they removed from the film. And I read about that one. Yeah, that's a little too over the top. Having the black Bart and shooting all the robbers and that works just fine. But Those are nondescript had, Western villains. Yeah, if they had pushed the Flash Gordon thing, I don't. See, I wouldn't mind Ming, that Ming the Merciless thing because that was just a it'd character. It'd be kind of funny to see it just in the deleted scene. Sure, I don't absolutely. know if that exists or not. But I've never heard of it, it or seen it. I read about it, but I don't know if it exists anywhere in video format. Do you think that the old man loved the leg lamp only because he won it? Yes. Yeah, because it, it doesn't, Nothing it doesn't else. feel risque now. In fact, it didn't feel risque even in the 80s when it was first released, but you have to imagine that in the late 30s, early 40s time period, this oh, yeah. is supposed to be pre-World War One or just going into it. World War that, II. Or World War II, um, that putting a lamp like that out would have been quite a statement to the neighborhood. I'm, I'm on the fence of does mom think it's offensive or tacky? Because it's definitely <sighs> tacky. It's just – I think it's bad taste. It probably tacky. offends her. Yeah, it's tacky and it offends her because of bad taste. I think it probably bothers her because he's more focused on the fact of of the leg rather than his wife. Yeah. She's – I think she's kind of jealous. Ladies, drop well. us a line. Let us know. I think she's <laughs> How does jealous. Mom actually and, feel? But I think in all, in all likelihood it's bad taste. Because nothing else in their house is tacky like that. No. And you've been in my house many times. I have – Plenty loads of tacky, of tacky shit. Loads of tacky <laughs> shit. I don't even have a leg lamp. That's me. Ooh, uh, we, what if this was a Billy Madison prequel? It's okay. the same dad. It is the same dad. <laughs> Randy, <laughs> Randy is Billy. Ralphie dies or something. That's why they don't mention him. The mom. Ooh, the mom and Ralphie are going to the store and they have a car accident and they go over the bridge into the river and they die. And then it makes Ralphie. He stays childish forever. <laughs> and the dad finally hits his stride at his job and he becomes successful. Gavin. That's why they don't say his name. Gavin. Okay. It's a Billy that's, Madison that, prequel. It is interesting. Or maybe he's I got was... a really old, older, really older stepbrother. <laughs> I thought you were going to say set of balls. <laughs> got a really old oh, set, set of balls. balls. <laughs> they were weird looking. They were weird looking. <laughs> uh, 
I love how the mom shuts off the lamp before they go out shopping for the Christmas tree. States what, how what, she wants to save electricity. What, uh, yeah. But then when they walk out, every other light on the house <laughs> yeah. is, is on yeah. except the leg lamp. Yeah. Cursing, swearing, uh-huh. saying the word. Oh. Um, when it came to cursing, did you ever get your mouth washed out with soap when you were a kid? Okay, here's a funny story. I'm glad you brought this up. <clears throat> My dad swears the same way like the old man. Eric Clapton plays the guitar. Like it's just part of what he is. Kind of like the old man because there's that line. We'll get to there it. There are two words my dad never said around me when I was a kid. He never said fuck, and I've never heard him say cunt. So at this moment, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't said those two words. Well, I've heard it since I've gotten older. I've, <laughs> You're like, I'm 39 now. I, I'm pretty sure he said it. <laughs> but he would, kind of like the old man, he was like, this goddamn thing is like, well, that son of a bitch, da-da-da-da-da. It was just part of yeah. how he spoke. I started doing it because that's how I looked up to my dad, and that's how my dad spoke. I imagine, I'm sure somewhere off camera, my parents had a conversation. That off was mic, like, off camera, off everything. <laughs> they had a conversation that went like, listen, I, I, he's he's... My second, my first or second word was "God damn it!" Truly, it was either "horse" or "God damn it." Those are my first two words. <laughs> like Bill Cosby. And I thought my name was Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the conversation was had like, "Okay, I'm not going to stop talking this way. I can't." So uh-huh. let the little motherfucker talk however he wants. And there was a, I, I was, I was, I was sat down and I was at the age of eight. I was given this edict. We know you, this is how you talk. This is how we talk. You don't do it in front of people. You don't do it at school. You can do it here. So I've your safe zone is cursing at the house. I've, That's it. I, my parents let me swear since I was the age of eight. Now I was not allowed to say fuck or apparently the other. See you next Tuesday. Oh, I didn't even know about that word <laughs> until I was like fourteen, and I wasn't allowed to cuss at them. Like, well, yeah, you can. Yeah, no, like, nope. mom. God damn it, that would get me. Now I never got spanked or my okay. mouth washed out. Um, but the first time I said fuck out loud, I heard it. I was like 10. I was like, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Ooh, Raphael. Ooh. <laughs> and my mom had gone out. I thought she had gone out to get the mail. Okay. And I just, for some reason, pretended like I fell. And I went, oh, fuck. And then I got up and she was still in the house. And like, <laughs> she looked at me like, fuck, did you just say? And I was like, I heard it at school. That's a long way around to say, no, I never got my mouth washed out with soap. Because I was pretty well allowed to cuss since I was <laughs> for 31 years. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to stop me from doing it now either. Uh, yeah, I've had mine. Really? Yeah. Care to know uh, the method? I, you know, are you familiar with Avon? Uh, they yeah. cleaning products and and other th- such things. It was makeup where I grew up. It is makeup too. You are correct, but mostly a- any Avon supplies that we had in the house was. Um, liquid soap along with other things. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what I said because I think that my brain has chosen to remove that from memory. <laughs> uh-huh. But I do know for a fact that at some point, at least once, and I verified with my sister because she's had the same thing happen to her, <laughs> I had to put soap on a toothbrush and use it for a period of time. Not long, but long enough. Like a month? And it, No, no. I mean like one time. Oh. I don't remember how long it was in my mouth to Thirty do days. that. It took days to get that bitter aftertaste out. 
And, and I remember not cursing in front of my parents for the rest of my life. I think I've cursed a little bit. I don't curse much in front of my parents still. And it may be because of the Avon liquid wow. soap on the toothbrush kind of incident. So there is a bit of that. <laughs> I'm not damaged at all. I'm okay. <laughs> this is not child abuse. <laughs> What's your favorite line or scene? Oh, my favorite line or scene. Red cabbage. Hmm, that's for tomorrow night. What happened next was a family controversy for years. You shut and shift to pass the back. You snort, hunger, lay monger, stack a shell, cocker. What was that? What happened? What happened? I don't know what happened. I was watering my plant and I. Broke your lamp. Did you, did you touch that? You were always jealous of this lamp. Jealous of a plastic Jealous. Lamp? Jealous because I won. Ridiculous. Jealous. Jealous of what? That is the ugliest lamp I have ever seen in my entire life. Now it was out. Get the glue. We're out of glue. You use up all the glue on purpose. The old man stood quivering with fury, stammering as he tried to come up with a real crusher. All they got out was not a finger. With as much dignity as he could muster, the old man gathered up the sad remains of his shattered major award. Later that night, alone in the backyard, he buried it next to the garage. Now, I could never be sure, but I thought that I heard the sound of taps being played. Gently. Huh. I mean, there's a lot of scenes that I love in this movie. It's hard to pick one, but I think I went with that one because of the weird, not nonsensical response, but it was just all I could muster out was, not a finger! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the fact that, that mom wins, and he can't really do anything about it. Do you think I she broke it on purpose? My, yeah, oh, absolutely. She just hates it because it was there was too much of a focus on. I just think she didn't like it. It was taking too much attention away from her while she pretty much took care of that entire family. Oh, for she sure. gets to win that. Yeah, and I just yeah. love how it's like this became a controversy, con like controversy for years. <laughs> my favorite line is. Uh, one that here's your shout out. Andy Studi uh, used to do perfectly, and it was uh, "Son of the bitches, bye 
<laughs> used to do that shit all the time when we were drinking back in the day. That's just a quick one. That's my favorite scene. Just because they, they kind of come in and put us well, under. Well, it's once or twice. No, they come in once Is in it? the house. They get they, One gets its ear caught in the door at the beginning. They come in at that end scene. Serves you right. <laughs> Serves you right, you smelly buggers. Yeah. They come in in that end scene and kind of put us under that whole tranquil vibe that they've had they've opened all their presents and stuff and it's time for dinner and they come in and and wreck everything yeah and it's the dad's reaction to it yeah no turkey a la mode what is that turkey on pie i don't know it sounds gross um what's funny in this movie when he's waiting for the grade to get for his theme and he shows up i think it's probably the last day of school with a fruit basket in the 1930s, late 30s, how much do you think, in northern Indiana, mind you, a tropical fruit basket would have cost that kid in order to try to bribe his way into an A for his theme? Probably $3, which is probably $40 today's money. Yeah, there's, that's not happening. That's not happening. Just he's like, there's like three bananas, and there's all of these like oranges, apples, things that while not uncommon, Clearly, I know it's a little nitpick, no, but no, it's no. kind of funny. What was the other few notes that I put down here? I'm like, this movie seems to perfectly perfectly capture the magic and childhood wonder of waking up on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially with like whatever potential ice storm that showed up overnight where everything is just covered. All the trees are covered in ice and it's just this, that magical music that kind of plays. Mm-hmm. And it's just – while I didn't have that specific view – of Christmas winter. Mm-hmm. Had a few like it that. It still very much encapsulated that childhood, like, Christmas! And then running <laughs> down and waking your parents up at the earliest possible time to unwrap presents because it was Christmas! <laughs> Did you recast this? Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, I did the same thing I did with Gremlins. I have... Kind of a standard, and I have a modern. I did. I walked this. This one was a little difficult for me, but I walked it through with Lisa. Okay. And so I put down here, I'm like, I owe half of my casting choices credits to Lisa, the mailbox monitor, who helped me with uh, the mom, Randy, and um, I have old man, mother, Ralphie, Randy, and then Flick and Schwartz. Okay. Go. Uh, The old man, I I had two choices. I either went with Kurtwood Smith, (laughs) and those who don't know who that is, that's Red from that 70s show. Or Clarence Boddicker from RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> Who turns into toxic waste and gets run over by a truck. Nope. That's a different guy. Um, oh, that is a different guy. But he was in RoboCop. RoboCop. It's totally different. Uh, that was Dr. Romano from ER. Uh, that's right. Or J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I could see all, both of those having a touch of lovability but kind of being that hard-ass dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mom, I picked Sally Field from the 1980s. Okay. Lovable, cute, not too hard on their sons, but hard enough, but not as old as like Forrest Gump's mom. Right, Pull back another 10 years. Sure, okay. Um, Ralphie, I I picked uh, Joseph Mazzello, which is Tim from Jurassic Park. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, I went Randy, I picked Jonathan Lipnicki from... (laughs) And zoo is closed, Ray. <laughs> Did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then uh, I picked Flick. I picked Macaulay Culkin. Okay. And Schwartz, I picked Patrick Renna, who is Ham from The Sandlot. He's the 
uh, redhead with the thick kid freckles. If I showed you a oh. picture, you may know who I'm talking about. He's been some other. He was in Glow season one. Oh, that's right. He cupcake was yes. Maybe one season or two. two. One or two. He's the one that's going to marry um, Britannica. Britannica. Yes. Yeah. Told you those were yeah. a glow house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so I went with a. Uh, I kind of went traditional with my traditional. Actually, both you went traditional with your traditional. Both are kind of actually. So you have two sets of casting, is what you're saying? Yes, one is okay. like traditionalish modern, and one is modern. So for old man, I went very similar. I went um, Al Bundy, Ed O'Neill, late '80s Ed O'Neill for Married with Children. Okay, yeah, yeah. For the mom, I went. Um, didn't give an age, and I kind of don't agree with it now. But Reese Witherspoon for mom, yeah, maybe Reese Witherspoon like ten years ago, maybe like Walk the Line era. I think I was okay. going kind of for more of a spitfire. Well, you also have to realize too that there's like a at least a fifteen year difference between dad and mom with age. True, yeah. To that, um, but mom kind of has a spitfire sometimes in this right. movie. So I kind of I was going for that. Yeah, I, I get that. Okay, um, for Randy. I did a little bit of a gender swap, and I did uh, Little Miss Sunshine era Abigail Breslin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that keep that the works. name, keep the name, yeah. Same. And for Ralphie, I went. I see dead people. Haley Joel Osment. Oh, okay. He'd have been a little more, uh, not necessarily the kid from. It's just the different, sixth but sense, it would but still work. I went. Oh, one Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, a couple years past the I see dead people. I've adjusted. I see them all the time, but. <laughs> Everywhere. But I'm okay. Right. Uh, okay, so for my modern, um, <laughs> the old man is Neil Patrick Harris. Okay. Like today, Neil Patrick Harris today. That's different. I'm um, not saying no, but okay. For, right. for dad, I went Sean Hayes from Will and Grace. Ralphie has two dads. <laughs> okay. There is no Randy. <laughs> Ralphie's an only child. Oh. And again, Abigail Breslin. So it's my two dads. <laughs> all right well that's funny that's an interesting twist okay that's because neil patrick harris can play does he still want a gun though at that time if it's two dads does she want no a gun she, I, want, she doesn't want a gun i don't know it's maybe well i mean i'm just recasting i'm not rewriting the story <laughs> no, i mean that's interesting no i like that that's funny ralphie has <laughs> ralphie has two dads <laughs> Just a, it's, how old were you the first time you said fuck in front of your parents? Have uh, you said fuck? No. Front? You've never said no, fuck in front of your parents? No. I've said other things. Do you like, want to say fuck in front of your parents? Not really. No. I've said fuck in front of your parents. Congratulations. Uh, I mean, a handshake is in order. <laughs> your mom didn't try to wash my mouth out with, wash my mouth with, out with, with some, some. She didn't go and pull the toothbrush out and get some soap and go on, get over here, Travis. I mean, there was, we were also, all of us, pretty wasted Maybe. oh so it was my wedding yeah okay yeah. that's i figured as much <laughs> yeah that seems about right for, for, for some reason and i remember writing it down but instead of american horror story it's american christmas story <laughs> an american christmas story <laughs> what was the one gift you wanted one year like what was your red rider um this is almost a chaser question, and I, it just occurred to me while it's I was... It's okay, and I don't know if, if that'll come up or not, but I would probably say that... Not like the gift. It was that, a like, dirt bike. It was just a... I mean, it was a. It was just a bike, not mongoose. I had. I got a Murray, but it was... Yeah, yeah. It was the Kmart version. But I got a... I got a... I got a... I got a bike. It was... That was what I wanted. So by dirt bike, you mean bicycle? Just bicycle, yeah. It was... Then you, did you get it? 
Yeah, I did. Okay. I would have to say the gift that I <laughs> – Dirt bike, not engine. <laughs> Just regular. I actually got a dirt bike for Christmas one year. Uh, didn't know I was getting it. Didn't want it. Not, it's not that I didn't want it. I, I, Please I, tell me more about the gift you got that you didn't want. I, it's not that I <laughs> – it wasn't even on my radar. For some reason, my parents just got it for me. But um, I'd say the gift. I hear Dad's like, I had one when I was his age. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to put the gas in it? Don't be careful. It goes all over. It goes all over. It's all over. The it runs all over. Uh, was probably when I was like three or four. And those were He-Man shits. Like a motorbike? A dirt bike? Yeah, it was a He-Man themed dirt bike. My my parents got me an ADCC He-Man themed dirt bike with He-Man's head as like the head. It went over the front of the <laughs> it was handlebars. It's like a big wheel, but with instead of saying like number one or number 69 <laughs> on the little number plate there, yeah, it was He-Man's head. <laughs> no, you fuck. It was... It was, it was he- Skeletor. It was, I mean, come on. Yeah, it was a purple color scheme. No, it was like He-Man figures. Like there was this... I remember there was a bunch of pictures of it, but a specific... It was like a He-Man heavy year of Christmas. <laughs> Did you ever own a BB gun? Uh, no, I had a pellet gun when I was a little bit older, but no, not That's, really. Okay. It's the same thing, but different. Did you ever almost shoot your eye out? I had one that was no. I did. Oh. <laughs> I kept my BBs in a a, a used Bluebell Butterbowl because mm-hmm. I would buy BBs by like the thousand because they were like three bucks. I shot a lot of birds and just I lived. In, I, we didn't have a lot to do, man. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, and I took my BB gun out to just piss around in the yard one day and I just sat the butter bowl in the yard and I put the lid back on it and I shot at the lid like at a, at a weird angle and it bounced off the butter bowl and came back and hit me like right in the side, <laughs> right next to my eye. And then you had the inner monologue of, oh my God, I, I almost shot, shot my, my eye out. out. I didn't go in and I didn't say shit because I knew I had to get, I, no, I had to call like You didn't have glasses at then I'm sure. Clearly could have used them. I put down here, I'm like, Ralphie totally gets what he deserves as he, as he placed the target on a metal sign outside. <laughs> Stupid ass. Uh, I know he's supposed to be nine. But come on. Also, shooting your eye out, or rather uh, injuries like that, are quite common, which is why Ralphie is often discouraged. Uh, round BBs often ricochet off of targets and uh, with greater ease and are often compounded by the fact that kids uh, stand too close to what <laughs> they're shooting at, uh, thus leaving uh, them open to these types of injuries. Now, I feel like the NRA could get behind a remake of this movie. It wouldn't be BB gun. It'd leave, I don't know. Got to be at least so, a like a twenty. I don't know. I don't know shit about guns now. But I hunt an official Red Raider AR-15 with a bump stock and a thing and a stuff with a, a compass in the scope <laughs> and his compass in the stock. Compass in the stock. Um, so was Aunt Clara unaware that she had another nephew? <laughs> oh yeah. Secondly, <laughs> what was his that. mother's morbid fascination with Aunt Clara's gift for Ralphie? I Maybe. wonder if it's is it her sister. Mm. Or is it her aunt, which makes it like a great aunt? Like, it's possible. Like, either I know my si- like I know my sister is mental, and this is the only way I can enjoy seeing my son be tortured like this is that my sister fucks with him every Christmas. <laughs> oh, see that you would know? make it. Wait, Ralph, you go up and put what aunt, you put on what Aunt Clara sent you, and then he storms off, and then she looks at the old man, and they both go like. <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't know. Oh, I, can't. No, I, I, I can't. This I open, is great. No, I open it. I open it. You're gonna fucking love yeah. it. You're gonna love it. It's just oh man, the kid's gonna be so fucking dejected. It's great. <laughs> okay, here it comes. All right, here who's playing good cop? Who's playing bad cop? Well, Dad's you're, gonna. You're always bad cop. You're always bad cop. You're Jesus. always bad cop. Dad, yeah. This is your sister. You're always bad cop. <laughs> 
You look like a deranged Easter bunny. Oh, man. That's a good... I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Uh, what uh, <laughs> What would be a similar or equal film? Hmm. Uh, this is where I think we're going to cross over. Because I said Home Alone. You said Home Alone last year. <laughs> because of the John Hughes Well, connection. let's see here. I said, well, I was going to recommend Home Alone, since it's the whole kid at the center of the story format. Yep. But then I realized that this is exactly what I recommended last year. <laughs> and I'm pretty much wrote verbatim the same shit that I wrote <laughs> last year. So I'm not entirely sure if this specific category works for our Christmas episode. In that mm. regard, I don't have a recommendation, and my recommendation this year is to donate uh, a donation made in the name, uh, in your name, to the Human Fund. <laughs> <laughs> Money for people for people. <laughs> um, I, I said Home Alone because you see the world in both movies. You see it through uh, Ralphie or Kevin's eyes, and you see it through the parents' eyes. Right. As a kid, you only see it through the kids' eyes. As an adult, you see it through both eyes because you've been both. I like I like Christmas Story better than I like Home Alone, but I think same here. It's yeah. yeah. Maybe we maybe we do away with a similar or equal film. It's really doing... well that and the fact that I think Christmas movies are very personal. Personal. Yeah, they're they're subjective. They're very subjective, and what you may like, I may not, and obviously vice versa. Um, if you had a magic wand, what would you change? Make it Jewish. <laughs> what would I like for the Festival of Lights? Oh, he asks. What do I want? A Red Rider, 200-shot range model air rifle. 200 shots, Nathan, 200. Oh, it's a good one, too, believe me. It's not like that crap Meshuggah Daisy brand over there that you get at Sears. No. For me, has to be the Red Rider. The 200 with the compass in the stock, so you know which way is north. Has to be the Red Rider. It's the only model a Moyle should have. It's the Hebrew Rider. <laughs> I like it. Got something. I can't think of the word. I was Kutzbah. Other than that, again, I did that for fun because I don't think the Jews get a lot of holiday movies. Adam Sandler did his little Hanukkah song and Eight Crazy Nights. Eight cra- and, well, that Eight that Crazy Nights comes from from the that. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, I I wish it was still a cult classic that most people didn't know about. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of all of the commercialization of this movie. Capitalizing on all of all of its brilliance every holiday season, selling everything under the sun that displays the leg lamp or anything else for that matter, along with turning it into a Broadway musical. It just wears, Oh god, is it a Broadway musical? Yeah. Ugh. It just it wears me down every year and sometimes makes me enjoy the movie less sometimes. And so I just ignore all that crap. <clears throat> I try to, sometimes I can, but not every time can I. That's where I, I that's where I land with that. I have six favorite lines. Jesus. Okay. Most of them are Gene Shepard's narration. Okay. They are as follows. Go! Um, only one thing in the world could have dragged me away from the soft glow of electric sex gleaming in the window. <laughs> um, Aunt Clara had for years labored under the delusion that I was not only perpetually four years old, but also a girl. <laughs> uh, over the years, I got to be quite the connoisseur of soap. My personal preference was for Lux, 
But I found palm olive had a nice piquant after-dinner flavor. Heady, but with just a touch of mellow smoothness. Life buoy, on the other hand. <clears throat> uh, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. Ovaltine? A crummy commercial? Son of a bitch. I was going to say, say the son of a bitch at the end of it. Yeah, that one always... If it didn't have it there, it wouldn't have been worthy to put on here. Uh, my little brother had not eaten voluntarily in over three years. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, my favorite one, is in the heat of battle, my father wove a tapestry of obscenities that, as far as we know, is still hanging in space over Lake Michigan. <laughs> Those lines, I just... They've always been my favorite to help tell that story. Him being a narrator, isn't you, you don't really feel it like you do with... Um, some other movies that have, yeah, like and I'm it. struggling to think of one right now. But he he doesn't doesn't pull you out of the story. He's no, he doesn't cheapen it. He actually no, he doesn't enriches the story a little bit. You want some trivia? Absolutely. I I probably know quite a bit of it. Uh, let me jump before uh, trivia. I was like, the only thing I put under plot points and pacing, I'm like, a Christmas story is perfectly balanced, clocking in at 94 minutes. Its humor never wears out its welcome. It's short on sentiment and long on humor. But it's not over-the-top humor, and the story quickly moves on to tell the next little vignette. Sure. And so it, it, there's no lingering, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think the movie works so well as a comedy film is that it, nothing lingers. It just moves on. Uh, trivia. Okay. Bob Clark's success with the teen sex comedy Porky's allowed him the ability to make a movie that he wanted to make. Without Porky's, there would be no Christmas story. Wow, that's crazy. Is that, is that not nuts? Uh, it was. I was initially incorrect in my original assumption that of this movie. Um, it was not a bomb. It was a sleeper hit. Uh, it had like a budget of three million and made a little over twenty, which is not bad that's for not bad. for for nineteen eighty three. But holiday theme movies released theatrically were not yet a thing in nineteen eighty three. Uh, it was released on Thanksgiving weekend. And it's good uh, timing. Yeah. Actually. And so it just, it kind of made its money and then moved out and no one really realized what it was until late eighties. Once it hit home video right, and, right. and then cable obviously amplified it. Um, some exteriors were filmed in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. but a majority of the film was actually shot in Toronto. No shit. Yeah. Huh. I thought it was all filmed in Cleveland. No, that's what I thought as well. When I dug in deeper, it was like, no. And apparently some of the, the bus lines or the rail lines that move around <coughs> are specifically uh, located in they're, Toronto. They're clearly Canadian. Yeah. Oh. Both the director, Bob Clark, and the author, Gene Shepard, have cameos in the film. Do you know where they are? Other than him being the narrator? Uh, other than him being the narrator, he actually has a cameo, and so does the director. Gene Shepard, I don't know. Bob Clark, he's the Christmas tree salesman, right? Uh, no. Bob Clark is actually the neighbor oh, talking to the old right. man. Once he puts the leg up in the window, it's a major award. <laughs> um, Gene Shepard plays the irate man who directs Ralphie to where the line starts in the department store to go see Santa. The line's back there. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Gene Shepard. Huh. Uh, there's rumors of, although I haven't been able to confirm it, that he also he also plays Santa in the movie, and I'm not sure if that's accurate. But the one you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah. Okay. Doing right at the end before he gets kicked down the 
the slide, but I don't know how accurate that information is. It's not if it, IMDb doesn't Sounds say. Sounds kind of like him now that I think of it. Just shoot your eye out. Uh, according to Peter Billingsley, not made uh, not many major studios were interested in a story about a little boy in the 1940s who wanted a BB gun for Christmas. Uh, the studio agreed to make the film if Bob Clark agreed to make agreed to make a horror film, which is really funny too, considering the fact that looking at his resume after this movie. He did not make another horror film. What not that the, I could tell. What was the one he made? Uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas, that's right. Uh, Darren McGavin, the old man, did not ad-lib any of the profane rants while fighting with the furnace. Um, he said that uh, speaking gibberish the entire time because it was almost impossible for him to ad-lib angry words without actual profanity. So he had to write all of that out so he wasn't swearing no shit. for a PG movie. Huh. Inspired the creation of the Wonder Years. No kidding. Yeah, it's nostalgic huh. voiceover narration talking about him being a kid. Never would have realized that, but I can totally see why that. Yeah, where that comes from. Uh, the director worked with writer Gene Shepard for nearly ten years on the concept of a Christmas story before the film was actually made. God, that's once crazy. Porky's happened, it was like all right. And he made a sequel, Porky's the like the next day or something. Porky's two the next day and Porky's three, Porky's Revenge. Yeah. They made a Christmas story sequel too. Yeah. Like ten years later. Probably. Never seen it. Never seen wouldn't, it. Wouldn't care to. No Don't desire. care. Uh the people of Cleveland were incredibly cooperative during filming. <laughs> Donating antique vehicles from every corner of the city, these vintage vehicles helped to enhance the authenticity of the production design. That's cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, Shepard's book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, which the film is partially based on, is a collection of short stories that Shepard wrote for Playboy magazine. <laughs> pornography Crazy. and titties, or kind of. Yeah. You like that? I, I love <laughs> pornography and titties. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the family eats meatloaf, red cabbage, and mashed potatoes for dinner every night at home. Fucking depression, man. Yeah, even if it wasn't, it was almost purposefully done where they didn't have to worry about what they were making. It was meatloaf, meatloaf, red cabbage. I thought you loved double meatloaf. (laughs) Right. I hate meatloaf. Uh, casting. I only have one possible casting change. There was one actor that was thought to have been offered the role of the old man to. 1983. Big name. You know the name. Once Walter Matthau. No. Jack Nicholson. Ugh. Yeah. Wouldn't have worked. It no. says he was given the script and was very much interested in the role of the old man. The studio didn't want to pay Nicholson's fee, which would have doubled the budget <laughs> from three to six million dollars. It would not have worked either. No. Not really. I don't. Jack is not. I'm sorry, but he's Jack too, doesn't, he's, he doesn't fit the lovable. He's too part. big. He's too yeah. big. That'd be um, terrible. When they filmed the scene in the Chinese restaurant, Melinda Dillon was purposefully given the wrong script, and everyone was in on it. She had no idea that the duck would come out with a head still on the body. Oh, that's why she was so screams shocked when they cut it. Screams head off. and okay. shocks, and yeah, and then screams again when they cut the head off. Uh, in the 1990s. Scott Schwartz, who played Flick. Oh, yeah, I know this. <laughs> I was wondering if you did or didn't. Uh, for those who don't know, who are listening to this right now. Speaking of porn. Uh, worked in the adult film industry in minor non-sexual roles and behind the scenes in numerous administrative roles. Schwartz would eventually star in adult films in 
sexual roles. After appearing in more than a dozen films, he quit in uh, the early 2000s. I wish I had not known that because he's the kid that he's the one that's the t- in the toy, right? And he's the one. Oh, I don't he, know. Yeah, with he Richard is. Pryor, he's he the kid in the toy. But yeah. yeah, I thought you were going to tell and, me what's in the later movie. In. He's the kid with the toy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ralphie, check out what I got. <laughs> this is a real Red Rider. Oh, oh. It's got a compass in. Oh, those those are batteries. That's not, that's not a stock. <laughs> it's got a compass in the cock. <laughs> Gross. Nathan and Travis ruin a classic. Yeah. I'm never going to watch this movie the same way again. Um, Does it still hold up? Final thoughts? Absolutely. It's warmly nostalgic and darkly humorous. Baba Clark was the right choice. Baba Clark? Baba Clark. I think he was the right choice because he's done other – he's done horror. He had done raunchy comedies, but he was able to find the right balance to hit those notes properly. I like the fact that – if he hadn't had the opportunity to make Porky's and it make money that it never would have made any money. He really understood Shepard's script and I think that he achieved the necessary tone to make this pretty much an enduring movie rather than just another Hallmark Channel Christmas movie. It's like I said last year with Christmas Vacation. It wasn't a Christmas movie when it came out. <clears throat> it wasn't considered a wasn't considered a quote unquote Christmas movie. Right. For me, this absolutely still holds up, and for our generation, it still holds up. Um, but I think this movie, like every every generation's Christmas movie, has an expiration date. Probably, I know for my parents and probably your parents, it was a, it's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and they only play those on Turner Classic Movies now. Uh, and the same thing's going to happen to Ralphie. It's eventually it's going to whatever millennials are watching for Christmas now, if they're watching anything, it'll take over in the next ten or fifteen years because that's what they grew up watching, and then their kids grew up watching. Hell, it might be the Tim Allen Santa Claus movie or whatever. I don't know, but the sensibilities change and what you what you find nostalgic change because it's yeah. like you didn't get a BB gun for Christmas. I did. Kids, kids nowadays, like you mentioned earlier, it's you you you're not going to get a movie made today about a kid fetishizing a gun. Yeah, for lack it's of not a better term. Happen. No, it's not going to happen. I mean, no offense one way or the other on it. It's just that the times have changed. I know I'm going to continue to watch Ralphie. Um, scheme and Machiavelli, his parents, his teacher, and even Santa Claus into getting him his first firearm. I think what I re- I like about the movie is the fact that the only person that he didn't specifically ask was his dad, who's the one who actually got him the gun. Yeah, yeah. He heard him. Well, it's playing yeah. work, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I saw this, it was in Mr. Peter's shop class. and I had a Red Rider when I was a kid. It was a Christmas gift, and it went with me on many an adventure. And it's actually currently sitting in a... In a Probably inch thick coat of its of its own rust somewhere at my parents' house. Like I said earlier, yes, I did almost shoot my eye out once. Once. <laughs> Guns don't shoot your eye out. You shoot your eyes out. Brought to you by the teeny tiny NRA. We'll wrap up here in a minute, but let's do uh, let's do. Uh, are these holiday themed chasers? These are holiday themed chasers that Lisa procured uh, over the past few days. Well, I'm gonna go first. Here looks like. They would okay. normally be typed out. I'm but. Try- no, it's okay. I'm trying to see who asked the question. Uh, actually, Lisa, the mailbox monitor herself, oh. posits. <clears throat> All right. So there's cat food in the Jello in A Christmas Vacation, Peking Duck in A Christmas Story, and Spaghetti with Syrup in Elf. Uh, if you have any non-traditional must-have food items during the holiday season, what is in your household? Non-traditional? Ooh. I don't think I have anything that's non-traditional. 
I'd put it this way. If you had to eat one of those three, which one would you eat? Peking duck. Yeah, I'd eat the Peking duck too. That's a good that's a good choice. Um, Rather than the cat foods and the jello. I put salt on my uh cranberry sauce. It's gotta be the ocean spray jellied in a can cranberry right. sauce. I don't don't put nuts in weird. It cuts the it cuts the sweetness just right, I mm-hmm. would imagine. Yeah. yeah. That's... I, I put salt on my cranberry sauce. Do you sauce. put salt on your watermelon? Occasionally, yeah. Yeah. So I, don't, I, don't I get eat, that. That makes sense. I don't super dig watermelon, but if I do. Yeah. All right. What's yours? I would. All right. Jeremy, a longtime fan from Arizona, asks, who is your favorite villain from a holiday movie? Does Die Hard count? Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. I'm going to not say Hans Gruber. I'm actually going to say The Grinch. Is it because he shifts and changes? No, I like how I like how much he hates Christmas. <laughs> like he's a good like he's a broad stroke villain, but he's but then they drill down and like he steals everything. Like he goes full bastard. It's cool that he flips and his heart changes and he decides not to be a prick. It's, that's fine. But if we're talking about just a villain, he steals what's a candy cane out of Cindy Lou Who's hand, right? She He turns around and she's standing right. there. She's got a candy cane. I think and he so. Goes, and he's, now I'm going the Boris Karloff right. narrated yeah. TV version animated by Chuck Jones, I believe. I'm going by that. Bill Murray's brother. Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray in uh, Christmas Vacation, probably because he just doesn't understand or know his employees. And the fact that just removing the bonus is inconsequential. To him? To him. Mm-hmm. Is he a villain or is he just ignorant? <clears throat> He's the closest to a villain in that movie. What's the boss's name? I don't know. Frank Cheery. Uh, Brain detail specialist Jimmy James asks, What Christmas movie did you watch as a child that doesn't hold up as an adult? Oh, You are not going to like my answer. I'm drawing a blank at this moment. What are you... You go ahead, and then I'll see if I, I have none. I really, yeah. I, I mean, he said Christmas movie, so mm. I mean, like, okay, I can I can probably answer that. What was that movie that came out in 1984 with John Lithgow? I think it was it called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. John Lithgow was like a bad guy because that's what he did in the early mid 80s. But it was like a super like boner for Christmas movie, and like. The whole deal was like it was so saccharine, uh, but it was a big shit movie, and I, I wanted to see it, and I made my mom take me to see it, and I saw it, and it was, I went, I came to see, and I saw the four beasts of the Christmas apocalypse, <laughs> and I sat there with wide-eyed wonderment, and I loved that movie, and I'll bet you a dime that movie is hot garbage now, like full-on Bob Fosse costumes, and I think with me, I fall in and out of. Christmas movies where it's like I thought I liked it or I liked it when I was younger. And then I shift to where it's like I, I, I hate that movie. I cannot stand it. I do not want to watch it ever again. If if I As long as I live, I never want to see it again. And then I shift back going, you know what? This was not as bad as I thought. And I'd shift to like Home Alone. And mm. even the Santa Claus isn't the first one. Sure. Not the three or four sequels that they've made since then. But there wasn't anything that that I watched as a kid that I definitely don't like to watch now. There are a few specials, like any of the peanut specials or any of the like the stop motion claymation ones. 
I did not watch those enough for it to have any sentimental value for me to go, oh, I cannot stand, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Frosty oh, the Snowman. Though, those those are, are just – Those are bitching. Those are – yeah, and they're just kind of retro classic now, especially now. But I never I never really sunk my teeth in onto those to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a jumping off point. So, I mean, outside of really despising – the 90 and, and then I think we're probably 94, 95 of the – of either Home Alone and then the Santa Claus. I'm not uh, – I, I can't think of anything younger that – Home Alone 2 was pretty garbage. I never saw it. Um, OK. Isabel from Pennsylvania wants to know – well, she has sort of a two-pronged – it's more of a comment and then I think an esoteric question. OK. So gingerbread houses are a key part of the Christmas season. Yet there seem to only yet they seem to only be the premise for horror movies, I guess like Hansel and Gretel, Brothers Grimm, that kind of stuff. Okay, there's magical snowmen. Or sorry, there are magical snowmen, reindeer, elves, etc. Where are my magic gingerbread people or gingerbread houses? I feel like she's just she's she's plaintive on that. I feel like she's looking for a sympathetic ear or a hug, perhaps. I would make a Christmas movie about gingerbread. What if you like, honey? I shrunk the kids and now they live in the gingerbread house. Oh, no, Aunt Clara is on a bender. She's had four bourbons. Now she's trying to eat the gingerbread Yeah, because all I can think of when it comes to gingerbread is like Shrek and... Eat me! Yeah. <laughs> when he's uh, Prince Farquaad or whatever his name Farquhar. is. Farquhar. I think it's Farquhar. I don't know, Isabel. You, you, that's a real poser. There's a realistic thing that happened a few years ago with a family Christmas that... Everybody was just having fun, spending time together. We're going to make gingerbread houses. And we all had like just graham crackers. I mean, have the like legit, you know, gingerbread. And we were just doing whatever. And my dad could not and would not and just got frustrated and then just stopped. Fuck this. Yeah, exactly. And, (laughs) and, And after that happened, all I could think of was Ron Swanson getting pissed off and and doing that. So that that's all I can think of when it comes to gingerbread and trying to make gingerbread houses. Uh, my last one here is Jonathan from Murfreesboro wants to know what's your go-to curse word when you spill a hubcap of lug bolts. <sighs> okay. I literally – I was showing you, Nathan, earlier where I cut my thumb at work the other day with a razor blade. I stopped myself. but I went, mother because I was at a place of business. <laughs> And shouting motherfucker at the top of my lungs because I just sliced my thumb open probably wasn't going to be good for business. But I would I would say motherfucker or fuck. Uh, I'm also known to say fuck motherfucker sometimes if I want to get like long-winded about it. I choose my words very <laughs> deliberately. Um, <laughs> that'd be that'd be. Well, me. this doesn't pull from a Christmas movie. It pulls from a movie. There are times when uh, it, it's going to be one of two. And I kind of steal this from Lisa because she she did it first, but it works so well. My original, if if anything happens like that, it's going to be damn it. <laughs> What's that from? It's just damn it. I, there's no specific, but if it's going to be from a movie, it's probably going to be Mother Puss Bucket. <laughs> I say Mother which Puss is, Bucket sometimes, which too. is from Ghostbusters. Nobody steps on a church in my town. I mean, I guess that that wraps up. I, that really that that puts a bow on 2019. For the old six-pack double feature. 
We've had a lot of episodes this year. Extra episodes, longer episodes. We're gonna we're gonna, bloated episodes. We're gonna tighten that down next year. We gotta we got ourselves a timer over here that we that use. we totally did not pay attention to at all. Oh, I paid attention for half the first half of the half episode. of the first half uh, for the first half of the episode, and I didn't. Uh, so for the first thirty minutes, he looked there and went, "Hey, we set a timer." And well, then, I kept looking at my notes and going, "Like, okay, well, it says I have five minutes left to hit one hour for this half of the episode, and I've still got three pages left, so we're gonna." Have to, we're gonna have to work. We're gonna on go that over that for next season. That's okay. It's a Christmas episode. It's okay to indulge a little bit. Um, pick six season. Um, well, back up. We got a few things in January. We had a, a few things. We have an extra two. special. We have two in January. Oh yes. Well, we, we're not going to talk about the first one because that means it's a, it's Fight Club. I think by the time they hear this, it'll be fair enough to say that we're going to do uh, a pick six Mandalorian episode. Yeah, yeah. Because if not, you should beep that out because it'd be funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Mandalorian uh, is set to end here in the next. I think it's the week after. It's the last two three Saturday days. or like, excuse me, last Friday in December. So. Right after Christmas. And so, um, yeah. We'll so, no special guest on that. It's just Nathan and me. Sorry, Brock. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> no, you guys probably want to do that, but you need to just listen to... Or get your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Quick little uh, pick six on The Mandalorian coming up. We're, it's going to drop pretty close within the week after the final episode of the season. Yeah. So, it'll be, it'll be fresh. Then, um, coming up on the 29th of January, we're going to have a special... Super spectacular mullet double feature with which might have a new title. You said possibly if it comes out organically when we sit and discuss. Absolutely, but for uh, right now, it's the Jamie Roadhouse correspondent Jamie Justice mullet double feature spectacular on ice. Uh, it what, is in what, January. What two? So. What two movies, Nathan? Um, the uh, greasy <laughs> mullet filled uh, John Woo classic. John Woo classic with. Um, Jean Claude Van Damme and Hard Target, <laughs> and the uh, air, Nicolas Cage, the airbrushed, air air kissed, wispy, wet fart mullet <laughs> of Con Air. I'm I'm one of two movies in, and I enjoyed more of the one that Man. I thought I was not going to enjoy. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying which okay. one. I have one other to watch, and I'm now kind of dreading it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but it should make for an interesting conversation. So that'll that'll end up. I can't the- wait for Travis and I to beat up on Jamie about which one <laughs> is oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> so that that'll end out January, and then pick six starts. I, we don't have a date yet, but it'll probably be sometime in February. It's February. No later That's, than mid-February. Yeah. So we'll be – a couple little things. Most likely we'll have a uh, – we'll know the the runway and and where it's headed uh, by the time we do our next episode. And we'll probably do you guys a quick little update episode somewhere at some point. Maybe at the end of the mullet episode. We'll let you know what season four is going to be part of like. pick six. Who knows? Yeah. We don't know. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm not Hugh Downs. He's not Barbara Walters. But uh, – For me, for Nathan, for Ralphie, for Tiny Tim, for the head of Alfredo Garcia, be good to each other, huh? It's a, I say it enough, I say it a lot rather, it's a cold, dark, ugly world out there. We're all in this together. We'll see you guys in 2020. Just try not to shoot your eye out. Merry Christmas, Bill Finger. 
Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. The only thing that I would have changed is the scene uh, that I already said, and we're already talking about the same thing before. We are talking about that. the Chinese people. No, I was. We already talked about this. Okay. Yeah. Well, moving right along. I'm glad you cut this out. And if you didn't, I hate you. And I'm going to clip it anyway. 